I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gang. And his envy. Episode number 84. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of A Gay and His Envy. This episode where we're getting into all things Bravo TV. And we have got a lot to talk about. But before we do any of that, as we always do, we have a few housekeeping notes to get out of the way first. Wherever you are listening to us, whether that is Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, or any of the other lovely podcast platforms across the interwebs, do us a favor and leave a rating or a review for us. It helps us get us into the algorithm, helps us get out there to more ears, uh, and it also gives us some much-needed feedback. What are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? And what would you like to see from us in the future? Uh, you can also follow us on social media at Again is NB uh, on all platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Threads, where we're posting new content every day, including clips from the podcast, some of our initial thoughts about things that we're watching. Um, it's a great platform to get an extra dose of Again is NB. Uh, that's all those platforms I mentioned, all at Again is NB. And if you would like to support us with a little bit of that cold hard cash that you work so hard for, we do have a merch store over at againazimby.threadless.com a bunch of designs made by me uh, that come in a lot of different uh, lovely des- uh, uh, products out there you know we got mugs we got blankets we got t-shirts we've got hoodies we've got whatever you could possibly want that's at againazimby.threadless.com and last but not least if you have any questions for us that you would like us to answer on a future episode of the podcast uh, you can submit that to us across the social media platforms I mentioned or at againazimby.threadless.com gmail.com uh just leave your name leave your question and who knows we may answer it on a future episode babe what are we talking about this episode we are talking vanderpump episode two. Oh, we're in it baby it's like uh tom is back and i'm already over it oh uh, we gonna get loud in that segment <laughs> uh, we're also gonna be talking about beverly hills the ladies are having their uh their spain trip come to a close with a little bit of flamenco dancing and a little bit of ash throwing uh we're also going to be talking about real housewives of miami the ladies are still in mexico city not to jump too far ahead i would argue maybe the best episode uh, these top three best bravo episode this year probably yeah i, I really think so yeah i i mean and it's only february i it, mean it it's a high bar that they've just set. It's really great. But before we get to any of that, <sighs> every week it's just like, I love this. This is amazing. This is one of the best things we watch. Oh, uh, Potomac. Uh, we get to Potomac. I, no, this episode was not great. Um, again, it's kind of a recurring theme now at this point. Um, no, it's not good. And, and, Spoiler alert, we'll get to Giselle fucking sucks. I hate Giselle. I'm, I'm fully like, there's no, like, it, it's amazing to me, like, how little I don't want her, or how little I want her back next season. Yeah. Like, I don't see, like. I, I, I don't think I can be convinced of a path to redemption for her. She seems incapable of it. And just like, I. I don't. I would love to argue with somebody what good that she brings to out show to, to the show that outweighs the bad. Because here's the thing, and, and I, I think we were talking about this before the podcast. There is a tendency for people to be overly like this person needs to be fired. Sometimes, like, I, like uh, I was telling you, people are kind of doing it with Lisa in Miami right now, and it's like, no, she absolutely should not be fired. She's this is clearly a case of someone just having a bad season. Yeah, honestly, like 
somebody accidentally trips and calls somebody a bitch because they think that they were the ones that tripped them. Everybody's up in arms. Oh, she decided to be a jerk to this person that we all love. They should go home. Yeah. They should never be on TV again. No, this is not the same as like a Ramona Singer. It's not this a is fireable like, offense. This is Giselle. But- that's a fireable offense because she has ruined this show. It's just there's fundamental issues in how she operates that I just don't find to be moving a show forward. She doesn't bring enough shade. She doesn't bring enough, like, actual, you know, pot stirring that nobody – like, Karen and Mia are doing way more fucking pot stirring even than Giselle is. Yeah. And so, like, what's the point of her being there? I don't the, get it. There's not because all she's doing is trying to get other people fired. It's it, and she's bitter. I'm sorry. This is a bitter woman, and it's just not like bitter is one quality that I just don't think is like. It, unless you're also in, in, doing it in an entertaining way, there's it's not something that's appealing to anyone. Yeah, it really isn't. We'll get into it. It's a lot. Um, uh, we start the episode with Giselle and Ashley going fabric shopping, uh, fabric store for their clothing line <laughs> again. Stupid, like. Nobody wants to dress like you, Giselle. Right. And it would be one thing also if Giselle even acknowledged the, like, isn't it crazy that we're doing this, right? Like, at, like that would be, like, to me, that's the selling point, right? Like, I can't dress, but, like, look at these clothes. They're great. So, therefore, you know what I mean? It would be one thing if we would lean into it. But we're just supposed to, in Giselle's world, we're supposed to just act like, yeah, it would be normal for you to be a fashion designer. Well, especially with it being athleisure, right? Because the whole point of throwing on athleisure is because you're tired of putting yes. uh, putting effort into your look. Right. Like, yeah, that's the selling point at this point. It's like, don't look like Giselle at a reunion. Just throw on some athleisure and yeah. go about your day. Yeah. Uh, I, li- I did like when they're fa- uh, Giselle and Ashley were FaceTiming one of Giselle's daughters and be like, what do you think of the name GNA? And her daughter goes... What is this preschool? Like that's the most creative like name you could think of. Like, well, they were trying to play off of DNA. So lame. It's so. But, but like, I don't get like craft a brand right that tells me why this is genetic. Right, there's some genetic component to this. Right. Right. Craft that. Tell me that story. But I've not been sold that, so I don't believe in this name. Yeah. So, yeah, and so Robin and Mia then show up. They're talking about, like, ideas and stuff like that. Giselle asked them if they get coochie sweat because that was what Aaron and Ashley were talking about. And Mia's like, I mean, I get ass crack sweat too. And then they start talking about, like, camel toe. And Robin's like, I mean, it's like when you have a seam down the middle is when it happens. And Mia goes, I kind of get it regardless, actually. Oh. I don't need to know this much about your vagina, like, personally, but... That's fine. Um, you know, some ladies have outward lips, and that is perfectly fine. Yeah. Giselle says in her confessional, Mia, your coochie is not your coochie. It's the coochie your doctor built, which is true. I mean, Mia's been honest about that. That's fair. I find it so interesting. Like, Robin made a comment last episode about me and the confessional, and, like, the, this whole, like, green-eyed band into lions, right? That's clearly an alliance. Like, it's blatantly obvious. They do kind of jab at the in the confessional, like not jab, but like are sort of like, but they never really do it to their faces. And I also think that's what's hurting the show to a certain extent as well. Like not in the same way they would do to like Karen or like Wendy or whatever, you know, for the ones that engage with Wendy, right? The, right. As opposed to the ones that act like she's not there. Like that, like, 
I think that would help things in many ways, and they just aren't willing to do that well, outside of a confessional. Also, the problem is is that that Mia's not really a green-eyed bandit. She is yeah. She is their lackey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is someone that they won't let in, but they tell her she's part of the club. She's the water boy. Right. And, and like... Yeah, I think, I, and I say that like we we've both kind of said that we really like Mia this season. Like yeah. I actually think Mia, Love Mia this season. She she's secured for next season. I think she, and especially this episode, she has a really great episode. Yeah, but it's like I yeah, she's shown a lot of range this season. And I hope that if she's watching and sees people like see like saying that like oh you're one of the good parts of this like really terrible season, like you don't need these women. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Mia says that she was really annoyed with the original invite that Karen sent to go to the home in Surrey and stuff like that and not getting the original invite and then the updated one. Robin's like, so then she sends an invite trying to flip it on us because we are not available at 12 hours notice. She was like, we just, we disagree slightly. I understand why they didn't go on such short notice. Don't get me wrong. But also it's like, she was trying to flip it on. No, she wasn't like, like. I don't like you're thinking too much about like Karen's intentions in that regard. I I do get why it seems like a little bit of a slap in the face. I to get the second invite, one thousand percent. Right. That's that's what I'm that's the only side and only sliver of this where I can agree with Robin. But mostly I'm just like get over yourself. Right. This is work. You show up. Yeah, but what would, like when Robin said she couldn't come, what was Karen's response? Cool Robin, misspelled, but cool Robin. Like, but also, like, what was Robin's response? I'm pretty sure it was rude, right? It was like passive aggressive a little bit, but there was no need for that. Right. Like, you could have just said, hey, you know, I have already made plans, um, so I'm not able to change them at this short notice. Right. And it's like Mia's was maybe a little more aggressive, aggressive, but like, I, sure. I think like, I think that's what put Karen off to a certain extent with Mia, but it's like, yeah, it's like, if you can't come, you can't come. You know, I, I don't think Karen was th- mad about just them not being able to come. Right. It's more just the tone of text message. But so Robin's like, yeah, she gave us like 12 hour notice or whatever. Giselle then goes, Karen, that's like rude, like rude as fuck. You have no room to call anyone rude. Particularly by the end of this episode. Giselle critiquing anybody about etiquette can fuck a duck. She can fuck off. Like I mean, if if I and I didn't think that this was appropriate, but I, I seem to remember in the first episode, I believe, of this franchise when Karen gave Giselle a book on etiquette. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, wasn't it the first episode yeah. at that party Because she Karen's danced house? it in the center of the table at Karen's birthday. Yeah. Like, was Karen wrong? Absolutely. But Giselle needs to pull that book out and reread it. Yeah. There were some good points in there. Um, but they talk about... So Wendy invited everyone to Eddie's events, even including NECA. NECA was included in the group chat. Um, and Wendy says, her professional, I want to follow the precedent of Karen's fishbowl and open it to everyone, you know. Because I, she's trying. Sure. Uh, well, y- yes. I think I we'll get to it later where I'm kind of still. I There are moments where I'm like, okay, Wendy, l- give a little bit more, just a touch more. But we'll get to it. Um, so we go to NECA's house and she's FaceTiming with her business partner because she has a sparkling wine company called Bideau, which she will mention eight times this episode. <laughs> I, here's, 
uh, I maybe maybe this has happened before, but it's like I feel like this was way too much promotion for a rookie housewife. You don't get to promote your company right. this much, you at all. First season, you shut the fuck up and you be glad that you're holding a champagne flute. Well, Second season, you start promoting your shit. I mean, Jen on OC talked about her yoga studio, right? Like that, so the, it does happen every once in a while. Like, like, but uh, that was part of her, part of the, her storyline. Yeah, it? yeah. You have to weave it in a way. This just felt like promotion, right? And any chance that she could mention sparkling wine, she made the point to do it. Also. Um, I'm not coming to your house and helping you unpack. Oh, we'll get, yeah, we'll get to that. Like, go fuck yourself with that. That is like, and not even unpack, but the, we'll get to it. Not even unpack boxes for the move. Not, that's not even what they did. It's crazy. We'll get to it. <laughs> well, it's wild. But so she has over her friend Chica and Lebe from right. the famous story. Um, I was getting weird vibes from Lebe. Just like she has this like this calculated look about her sometimes where she kind of is like, I get, I think it's hard with this storyline, right. With this whole Wendy stuff. Right. Like, it's like, I don't feel there's a complete clean hand when you're like willing to like be so prominent on television about it and like FaceTime and sort of all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't, I don't know what that is. It's just, it's a vibe that I got that just was weird. Oh, that, that vibe that you were picking up is called the thirst. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're at, like, NECA invited Wendy to the unpacking party, and, and Lebby's like, is she going to come? That's the question. And this whole, like, you know, uh, I didn't care. What, like, I didn't care whether or not Wendy came or not to this party only because it's a stupid party mm-hmm. and, and a cheap party for in terms of what you're expecting uh-huh. them to do. Um, yeah. Uh, we then go to Candace and Chris's house. Candace is in bed working online for her acting gig. Because uh, she's on the show Hush, so she's been doing a lot of stuff with that. And Chris comes in to check on her. Um, Candace talks about how she can't stay for Eddie's event, but that Chris is going to be going. And she goes, okay, this is your assignment. I need the calm marijuana, and I need it to be a pre-roll so I can replace my emergency blunt drawer, which she had <laughs> talked about in past seasons. Um, and I love that she's like, I'm getting that weed. No, but, uh, but also, I have questions, because when we get to the weed party, about... Oh, poor Candace just got a roll of oregano. I know, right? Right. Well, you will, yeah. Um, Candace, oh my God. Candace then goes, how are you going to feel seeing old forehead? What's your name? Ashley. <laughs> oh, and, and ankles. And Chris goes, I don't care. Like, I haven't seen anybody since New York, like in terms of the, the stuff or whatever. Um, we'll get to a comment. Like, not now. There's a comment Giselle makes later that we'll talk about where people are like, oh, but Candace. No, we'll get no, there. no. Um, Chris goes, look, everyone's going to be high. I've never been an angry stoner. So like, again, you would think they would be high. <laughs> like that's the problem. Um, yeah. And, but Chris, here's the thing with the dynamic later, Chris was, well, I mean, we're very clear about our thoughts about what happened last season, that Chris is the victim of this bullshit that, you know, happened with Giselle and Ashley leading the charge about it and all that stuff. But like, it's so interesting. Like when we actually get to the party about how Chris is just is fine. Like in terms of just like, yeah, I can be cordial. I can, you know, if someone says hi to me, I'll say hi back. I'll, you know, it's not a major deal to me, all this stuff. 
And like everyone else who were the perpetrators of the bullshit are super fucking invested and way too invested in a way that just is batshit insane to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, We then go to Wendy and Eddie arriving at the dispensary for their event. Eddie talks about how they've had, you know, for the Happy Eddie brand, they have the Energized Eddie, they have the Mellow Eddie, and they have a new blend called Zen Wen. And so, you know, cross promotion. I I think it's a really, like we've said, I think it's a really great um, promotional tactic if they have the weed. Right. Where's the weed? They said Where are... The jokes. So they go to the dispensary, and I love Wendy and Eddie, and I hate, like, trashing them, but, like, this, I have to trash them about this party in terms of, like, I how are you going to do a weed party with no weed? I do feel like that that was sprung on them kind of last second. So you, here's the thing. We were thinking, like, oh, can they not show it on television? Like, because do certain people have things of, like, like, seeing someone smoke weed on television? I feel like that is a thing. But also later... What, Eddie was saying it's not legalized yet. Like it's not going to get legalized until July. But like, then why like, but, but also Candace talks about having like an emerge, unless Candace has uh, a card, right? Right. Cause it, it's a legalized recreational in the DMV. Right. And well, they're, they are in Potomac. Right. Which is in Maryland, which Yes, DMV does stand for DC, Maryland, and Virginia, but it's really the DC metro area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's DC and the parts of the DC metro area that are in Maryland and that are in Virginia. So it's what not part the entire state. Yeah. Right. So where are they? Because Potomac is not actually in the DMV. Yeah. I think, here's the thing, I don't think it's their fault. Like, I don't think it's Wendy and A's fault necessarily. I mean, I wouldn't have necessarily planned a party if i knew going in i couldn't smoke weed i'd be fine with them not being able to smoke it my issue is that they're not even able like you know what i mean right like oregano ain't the same it doesn't feel the same it doesn't look the same you're Get not some, like, isn't, isn't like it? learning how to roll oregano blunts is not the same as learning to roll marijuana blunts isn't delta eight a flower it's or is that just a blend of like like uh, I think it's just well I don't no. know shit about I don't know shit about weed personally I'm, I mean I only I'm just know getting a I'm just bit. I'm just getting used to it now that medical is in legalized in Pennsylvania so like yeah and and like I only have real um experience with stuff that's already oil coming to me, right? Right. I mean, I have never bought weed in my life except for when I had my card here. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. only times I've ever had it has been in like Seattle when I visited there and somebody bought it, you know, and we smoked at the hotel room. It was legal, but I wasn't involved in that purchase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I don't I didn't roll the blunts. I didn't do any of the stuff. I don't know any of the why stuff. Why does it say why does it sound like you're trying to give an alibi? <laughs> so like I don't have a lot of knowledge other than the fact that I know that the texture of marijuana and its plant form is 
completely different than oregano. So yeah, learning yeah, yeah. how to do that and with it was oregano. That cheap, I'm sorry. It was that cheap oregano that you right, get. Right. That in, was a McCormick bottle that somebody <laughs> so bought. So obviously. The, like you paid seven ninety five for that bottle at Walmart. When they were passing around the bottle with the label stripped off, I was like, put it in another container. Yeah. Like you could have like put it out in little dishes or something yeah. to make it feel... You know, like what were you gonna? Were you gonna put the weed in that? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I think Wendy and Eddie handled it the best they could, but I had to drag them for it because it's like it, it was so frustrating. If Sheree's gonna get dragged for having a fashion show with no fashions, you know, you got you can't have a weed party with no weed, right? Like, sorry, um, Candace and Chris stopped by early for Candace to get her box of stuff, and then. Uh, and then Chris uh, stays. At, and Wendy and Eddie, I, I liked how protective they were of Chris in certain regards. I, again, like I said, Chris, I don't think cared. But, like, they were making the point to look out for Chris. Well, but also because Candace is usually... Like, who does Chris have to be his ally there? Right. Who does he have that he's really close to? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, it would be Eddie. Yeah. Like, that's a, yeah but that's Eddie's a, busy running this party. Sure. So, yeah. Um, guests start arriving. Ashley shows up. And Ashley says in her confessional when she sees Chris. Honestly, after I said what I said and made Candace aware of a situation I thought she needed to know about, which... <laughs> you're leaving out the Deborah part. Like, you're just talking about the DM, which, yeah, that was nice of you to inform Candace and you had a conversation that was normal. And then the DM, like... Oh, whatever. <laughs> like, she goes, I have no interest in ever discussing Chris, speaking to Chris, looking at Chris... I don't want him to not exist. That's mean. But you have no place in my realm. Good. He doesn't want a place in yours, you trifling asshole. Like, but like also, where you're the perpetrator. But like, where do you get off being angry at Chris? Nowhere. Like, that's my thing. And we'll get to it with the Giselle comment. First of all, like, P, for the people that are like defending like that, like Giselle and that some some people. You're confusing two things. You can be mad at Candace, maybe. Like, what? Like, then take it out on Candace. There's no reason to be mad at Chris. There's literally no reason in their realm to be mad at Chris. I just... In any form of thinking. Are we at that discussion yet? No, we'll get there. Because okay. I want to really... I will, I will hold my comments on why people being angry and acting like Candace is doing the same shit that Giselle did uh, is... Every single one of them bitches is trifling hoes because that's not the same situation at all. We'll discuss. Yeah. So Karen shows up and and Karen and Mia shake hands again, which I thought they had like the side hug at this point. Now they're back to shaking hands. It's got all because of that text. All because of that text. Karen goes, I'm going to go ahead and get this out of the way (laughs) because we're here to celebrate. So it's like, oh, here we go. She goes, so when I texted the group, what I didn't understand was your response to my invite. And Mia goes, that I don't do second string invites. Karen goes, no, you weren't second string. You weren't even first string. You were the backup. <laughs> and the way Mia just laughs. But also that's what second string is. Right. But it's just so funny. That Karen's like, no, you were the backup. <laughs> I, my favorite thing about Karen is that she will do reads that if you put like three seconds of thought into it, it's like, but that don't make sense. Sure. <laughs> she doesn't know what a trick means, clearly. Cause she, no, way, clearly not. Because clearly later in the confessional, she thinks trick just means you went against me. <laughs> she says that. In the, she's like, because you didn't have my back, you're, that makes you a trick. It's like, no, a trick has like a definition. Right. Well, it's like the, the, the Sing Sing comment from last season or season yeah. before where she's she later on just goes 
I don't know. I was just making shit up. I was, <laughs> it wasn't a thing. Like, I just made it up. It was funny in the moment. Yeah. Karen goes, it was not about you. It was about the group. And Mia goes, but you can't expect me to not be upset for you being rude. Karen goes, you know what I'm working towards with this group. And I think Karen's, like, saying that to kind of say, like, I picked the people I picked because we need to move the show. Like It's almost her saying like, I need to mediate this shit or we're not going to have a show next year. But she also could have said that in a way that was less obscure. Right. Yeah. Cause I don't think Mia picked up what she was putting down there. She could have easily said, look, there are certain people who really need to be able to hash things out in this group. And that was my focus for that trip. Since some of those people decided they were not coming, I wanted to have everyone there so we could have as much fun as possible. Right. Mia goes, you expect me to drop everything and leave my kids to go to boring-ass Surrey County? Which I was like, oh... Okay, but what is there in Surrey County but, but Karen? Right, but that's but Karen Karen's connection to the city or to, to Surrey County and like the like what she's talked about of why it's important to her. This college boring was like a a big jab. I thought it was boring enough, and Karen believes that it's boring enough that she didn't even film her fucking promotional for Surrey County, being the ambassador or whatever to Surrey County in Surrey County. They don't even have a jungle gym. Karen had to go to a different place to film in front exactly. of that jungle gym. She had three towns over and used somebody else's goat. Yeah. Like, come on. Karen goes, Mia, it's better than your boring ass life. I'll tell you that. And like, so they're getting into it. Chris leans to Eddie at one point and goes, the fruit punch is really good, Eddie. <laughs> it was giving, the chicken is lovely. <laughs> As they're fighting, and Ashley and Wendy are like there watching, NECA walks in, of course, and makes the, but she makes the point to thank Wendy for the invite. Wendy's like, yeah, no problem. Like, they're, yeah, which I thought was good. Also, notice how NECA thanked the host for the invite. We'll get to it. Um, Karen goes, I thought after the hug you and I had at Candace's event, we'd have a moment. And Mia goes, look, old dog, you need to find some new tricks. And then this is where Karen goes, you are the trick. (laughs) See, I think she was talking about the fact that Mia used to be a hoe. Well, yes. But then she says her confessional, what lady calls a woman a dog? Let's talk about the caliber woman that you are. I brought you into this group. You don't owe me but one thing, and that's respect. And if you don't show it, that makes you a trick. And it's like, I mean, you could talk about there being an analogy of since she's not loyal to it. Karen would be her partner, right? In the sense. <laughs> yeah. So she's cheating on Karen uh-huh. with the other girls in the group. Look, I'm trying to give Karen some room. You speak Karen Huger. You speak Grand Dom. It's been eight years. <laughs> like, if I haven't picked it up at this point. You can figure I, it out. It's not that bad. It's not that hard. There's a there's a road. There, there's a string. There's, a, there's a something you can follow to make sense out of Karen Huger. Yeah. It's, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> very sometimes. Um, so Giselle then arrives. She hugs her friends or whatever. She goes up. She hugs Karen. She hugs Ashley and them. Doesn't look at Wendy once as she's standing right next to Wendy, by the way. Right. Doesn't look at Wendy once and then just goes off. And when he turns to Ashley, goes, my thing is, how is she going to come to my event? And she didn't even say hi to me. The producers being again biased assholes, uh-huh. and, and I'm and this so like again, stop doing this. We see what you're doing. We see that you have your favorites and you're positioning in a certain way. They show a compilation of Wendy's hellos, where at Ashley's event, keyword Ashley's event, 
Right. She didn't hug Giselle, but also when she went to hug Karen, who was next to Giselle first. Giselle backed away. Right. And again, that was at Ashley's event. Right. She When he greeted the fucking host right. of that event. That is what Wendy is talking about here. And also, we're not going to... And to frame it as though, like, well, Giselle is responding... They frame it as if Giselle not hugging Wendy is a response to Wendy. As if last fucking season, first fucking episode, Karen's party that started the fucking season, Wendy goes up to say hi to Giselle and say, hey, how's it going? And goes for a hug. And Giselle goes, "Uh uh-uh, uh-uh. No, go the other way and denies her. From that point on, the standard is set. Right. And Giselle has been ignoring Wendy's existence for two fucking seasons now. Yeah. I, I Honestly, if I was Wendy and she did that to me in my event, played in my face like that. You can go. I literally would have just went over and guided her out the door with my hand. You don't. It's like, you can leave. You don't have to be here. You have here. You've been here for your five seconds to where you can get your check, right? Because that's all you're there for, right? right. You're not there for any other reason than we're filming a television show. Here's your five seconds. Wave to the camera. Go the fuck home. You yeah. don't want to be here. Bye. Production checked you in. Now go give them your mic and go home. Right. Honestly, and, and people be like, well, Wendy is, and people say like, well, Wendy didn't go to NECA's event later. I'm, it's better that Wendy didn't go to the event than just like act so fucking fake like that. And, 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 and performatively be a bitch. I'm sorry. She acts like a fucking entitled asshole this event. And also Wendy doesn't go to NECA's event later because NECA decides to show her entire ass at Wendy's event. Uh, I, I don't, I actually didn't think NECA, NECA did bad at this event I, to me. I, we'll get we might it. disagree on that. So Wendy gets the event started and Wendy even says, Chris, we saved you a seat up front, you know, looking out for Chris. This is when we go to Giselle's confessional. Giselle didn't say hi to Chris at all. Whatever. Giselle says your confessional. I haven't seen Chris Bassett since he was at that reunion. Looked like he gained some weight. He's doing some um, stress eating and then starts laughing. Disgusting. Utterly disgusting. And yeah, and again, people have, like, in terms of the Candace, that people say, well, they call, she calls her neck. She calls her, you know, you know, all that stuff. Again, like I said before, why is the target of this Chris? What has Chris done to warrant that in any fucking way? Also, no one is being discriminated against for having uh, whatever she's saying is wrong with your neck. Sure. People are discriminated against for being overweight. Right. Um, People are discriminated against for, you know, being accused of what you accused Chris of. Nobody is discriminated against for, you know... You be like it, the it's it's not the same situation. Right. Like nobody is discriminated against for having a big forehead. So she calls Ashley forehead. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, Ashley has the well, maybe not anymore. But she at one point had the resources to go get her uh, with her, her uh, hairline moved up. Yeah, and Candace did too. And Candace acknowledges she used to have a big ass forehead. Yeah. So so like. But people are discriminated against for being fat every day. Yeah. 
And, and, and also, I, by the way, to say stress, oh, looks like he's stress eating. You're the fucking stress. If that's the truth, you're the fucking stress. So what are you bragging about? The extra weight that you're seeing is you on his back. It's insane. Like, if you actually cared about this man, if you actually found him to be a friend and that, you know, you were just worried and you thought he was that he just made a mistake. Fuck you. The way that you have dragged his name through the fucking mud in the last year and then to fucking do that shit and make a comment that he could never make to you. Because if he made that comment to you, he would get dragged 10 ways from fucking Sunday. Also, she didn't have the balls to actually make that comment to him. No, she never would. And she'll fu- and she's going to fucking cower at the reunion, too, when Candace brings that to her ass. Yeah. I guarantee you. Yeah. It's nasty. And I, I, at that point, I was just so reviled by her. I'm sorry. Um, Eddie then introduces the event, saying, hey, guys, thanks, thanks for coming. The weed line. Giselle is then performatively checking her, like, brushing her hair, looking into her phone as Eddie's talking, as everyone else is right. paying attention. And it is, and it's particularly performative, because her phone is backward, like, the screen part is facing outwards. So she's not even looking at anything. Right. She's performatively showing you, I don't give a shit that I'm here. Right. This woman is over 50 fucking years old, and she was a former first lady of her church. You should be embarrassed. Yeah. Utterly embarrassed in how you're acting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wild. Mia says they're a confessional. I've not known any to have a real job since I met him. I never known an always available attorney that actually makes money. Okay, Mia. Also, since you've known him, like, what have you talked? Have you, like, had intimate conversations with Eddie? I don't think so. Like, no. Like, you've never really been good with Wendy's. So, like. No. I don't know what you mean by that. They all roll oregano and stuff like that. And people are like, what the fuck is this? Basically, like, which, fair. Robin says, if I really wanted to know how to roll some seasoning, I could go on YouTube. It's like, whatever. And then they, but they're joking enough, whatever, et cetera. They're, you know, Wendy's, Wendy, again, is putting a smile on her face and being like, yeah, I know this is chintzy, but like, I'm going to, you know. Yeah. And then at the end of the event, she goes, I just want to say thank you all for coming. And I will say this. I haven't heard of all of us laugh as a group like this in a very long time. So if nothing else, thank you for being happy at the Happy Eddie event. And they all clap. Most everyone claps. And Giselle then says to somebody, did you laugh? Because I didn't laugh. I will say good on production for calling her out for laughing three seconds beforehand, like four or five different times. No, because, but she had to perform that she was bored. Yeah. She had to perform it because she's so much better than everyone else. I don't fucking know. It's disgusting. And did you notice also at one point before she does that, Robin almost like looks to Giselle to be like, what are we, what's our reaction going to be? Robin, you're such a fucking follower. It's just like, at this point, I'm done with both of you. They're trash. Um, Gordon ducks out early because he has like business or whatever. But as soon as he leaves, Robin decides to ask Mia how her marriage is doing with Gordon and stuff like that. She goes, we're doing good. Marriage is already hard enough, and I'm just like, I actually kind of want to clock the fuck out. It's like, so you're not doing good. Okay. <laughs> um, I didn't, I don't know what you meant by that. She goes, but I can't leave him. Like, he has nobody. Like, what type of person would I be at that point? His whole family's gone, and they don't give a shit if he's eating tomorrow. <laughs> well, that's a great sort of thing to hold over your head of like, I have to be with this man. Tonight. But also, I, I, 
I was glad to hear that she was taking something like that into account, right? Yeah. Where she was like, look, this man has no one. He's been cut off by everyone else in his life. I'm not going to do that to him. Yeah. Like, I, at, like at least, say what you will about what our marriage was. I do love this man. I will say, at least from what we see, Mia definitely feels um, a, a connection to Gordon in that regard, like you're describing. Question is, I don't know if Gordon feels the same. I don't think he does. And we'll get to that dinner, which was awkward as fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, Giselle says to her confessional, anytime a woman marries a man that's 15 plus older than her, and then she goes, I don't know what the age difference is because Mia keeps lying, but you have to deal with a lot, which, again, yes, Mia, Mia famously didn't know the age difference, but like, Again, it's fascinating that this shit gets said in the confessionals and then doesn't get said to people's faces. Who said this? Giselle. Of course she did. And how much younger is her boy toy than her? Oh, right, right, right. But it, I guess it's different I, in her mind. I'm not saying this is the truth, but, like, I guess it's different when it's a woman that's older, which is stupid. Like, it's the same, like, should be the same issue. It should be. But okay. Yeah. Um, NECA, before she leaves, decides to pull Wendy aside to thank her again for the invite and to say, you know, for extending that olive branch and, and everything. She goes, I know there's been a lot said between us, but I'd really like the opportunity to sit down and we can talk and hash things out. Wendy goes, well, thank you for coming. I just want to make sure everything is rooted in sincerity. Like, even if you had, like, apologized for, like, the bitch comment and NECA goes... I hadn't, but, like, I'd like to talk. Like, you said 20 steps have been skipped, so this is step one. I I think I under, I think it is the right move that NECA is making. I don't understand why in that moment she couldn't have just said, yeah, I apologize, I apologize for the bitch comment. It got too heated. I, like, I think whatever. in my head I was conflating this and the dinner that they have, the sit-down that they have later. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's next episode. No, nah, but we see enough of it to know that she's being a bitch. Sure, right, right, right. Yeah, like, here she's like that. Like at this point, it's like Neca is sort of trying to mend things. Whether again, who's right in the argument, whatever. And I do wish Wendy like. But the the thing is, is that Wendy sees through her bullshit, right? Yeah, because and, Neca still will not accept that she was wrong. And and she, and Wendy's probably right to see through it. Don't get me wrong. I just think like, I don't know. You got to give someone enough rope for them to hang themselves in certain ways. Sometimes. But at the same time, like NECA needs to come with a reason for Wendy to move forward. See, Wendy extended an olive branch. You can't just meet her at that same point. You have to exceed her effort. And then she exceeds your effort. Yeah. And then you go back and forth until you are meeting in the middle. Like NECA didn't exceed she didn't extend to the next part right my thing is if if the dinner would go the way i would hope it would go in, in an ideal world it's probably not going to go this way in an ideal world neca you at the very least if, if everything happened as you said it did right or right. whatever or that you were told that ha happened that way you can at the very least cop to the bitch comment and you can cop to the connotation of the voodoo element right. that you are placing on it right and how that is damaging to you as a fellow Nigerian doing that to another Nigerian. If you can, I would argue if you cop to that point and then Wendy continues to like not give a little, then, then yeah, Wendy is being obstinate. Right. But like, you know, the power in Nigerian culture of calling someone a witch. Right. 
you know how damaging and how vulgar that is. Right. Like, you might as well have told Wendy that her mama was out selling her booty hole on the corner. Right. Like, that's... Like, you don't come back from that. Just acknowledge that part. and Like, you can just say, look, I didn't realize that there was another connotation of of um, altars and, and shrines and that sort of thing. So, you know, I can, I can completely cop to the fact that I jumped to the worst interpretation of that. Right. And I am incredibly sorry for putting that light on your mother. And it should be something that, while is in many ways superficial, got past the point of that. Right. And that's, again, that's why I think she can cop to um, we then go to Mia and Gordon who are going out on a date together because it was at the recommendation of their therapist that they go out on dates more. Uh, this was something else, man. It was like, I was at the end of oh it. I was boy. just like, I turned to you and I was like, what did we just watch? Like, I still don't know. Yeah. I'm she, hoping you can tell me. She goes, so they start to talk about like the stuff from therapy. She goes, the family business stuff is definitely impacting our relationship. And Gordon goes, agreed. Because you cut me deep and hard pretty often. And she goes, well, it's a lot, babe. And I think there just needs to be a lot of self-accountability. And I feel like that is what that it wasn't happening. I don't think that you were taking accountability for your actions that caused us to get to this point. And it was like, okay. And she elaborates more in the confessional of just like him getting fired from the board and et cetera, et cetera. And she ends up by going like in their confessional, like, hello, like we didn't just wake up one day and the family said, Hey, we don't want you guys sitting in these seats. Correct. Right. And that was our question. Right. Right. But you're talking around it. Like I get it. Things are still kind of ongoing. Well, she's, saying like, she's saying as if she herself doesn't know, but she knows something happened. Like she knows like, right. It so can't just be differences. Like, yeah. So it's it's very frustrating because I want to be on Mia's side here, but I feel like you're not giving us enough details to really understand enough to be on your side. Right. But I also understand if you're in the middle of a legal proceeding, you can't necessarily talk about those details in a public forum. So, like, it's it's difficult. Like, we've seen this sort of, like, stalemate, right, between information and empathy like we saw it with erica with all the stuff with tom we saw it with like we have seen this before um so i just i want to be with mia i need more and maybe she can't give it right now but like i i'm just frustrated yeah gordon goes well i agree and disagree because i've been asking what did i do wrong and the only thing that's been said is that i wasn't listening and mia has a face like Okay, like not buying that, which like, yeah, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like it it can't just simply be that. Like it's crazy. Me it's and- like, okay, well, take accountability. Like go back through what you actually, what actions did you take? Yeah. What could have been interpreted? Like, like, come on, like get it together. Figure it out. Mia goes, we did get to a point where I was ready to divorce you. And Gordon goes, well, I didn't know that, but okay. And Mia goes, you know that now? And Gordon goes, I didn't know it at the time until I saw the receipts from the lawyer that you had talked to. And I was like, yeah, that's bad, actually. <laughs> um, well, but also, I'm not going to 
like if I'm uh, thinking of divorcing someone and I need to sit down and talk over my options with a lawyer, I'm not going to consult with the person I'm about to divorce before I do that. Well, yes, but then also then it gets weird because Mia then goes, the reason why we why had no financial backing whatsoever, it was because we were in a hostile environment. And, and then Gordon cuts her off and goes, now you need to clarify hostile environment. I never physically touched you. And Mia goes, of course not. I was just emotionally draining. It was just emotionally draining to be in the same habitat with you. What does that mean? Like... It means they were fighting a lot, and it was draining, and it was like... But like bad, like like verbal, was it verbal abuse? It seemed, to me, it sounded like they weren't, it wasn't like verbal abuse, but it was like, we're at each other's throats, and literally every interaction we have is biting and angry yeah, and venomous, and I no longer want to fucking spend, I don't even want to sit in silence in this room with you anymore, you know? And it was just, it's just so odd because also, like, they're filming a show right now, and they're in front of a camera, so he was, he was basically, like, jumping right on it to be like, well, don't make it seem like I hit you. Like, like, very much like, you you know what I mean? Like, he only did that because there was a camera there, right? also, like, that would have sounded better to me than, well, I need you to clarify. I, even if he had just said, okay, now, phrasing it like that, it's like I hit you or something, and that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that would have felt more real. But than, he was like, let it be documented. Uh, like, right. Um, let it be entered into evidence that I never actually laid a hand on. <laughs> yeah. She goes, you were very hyena-ish, like, and very like, I'm in charge. I'm running this. This is my house. This is my money. And I was like, play it. Take your money and go. Gordon goes, but you're still here. And Mia goes, because you made changes. <laughs> okay, cool. Like, sure, I'll give you that. Uh, is the change in the room with us? Whatever. Because uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't think he made changes. Um, Mia, well, I think maybe she's saying he stopped biting my head off. Maybe that's true. Um, Mia brings up Ashley telling her, like, she was telling me, like, he she had helped Michael, like, recently when he had, like, back surgery, like, helping him, like, you know, et cetera. She goes, I was like, girl, you're a good one because if you cheat on me and need back surgery, bitch, you better call one of them other hoes. Which, like, yeah. Like, I, yeah, I get, like, me. I, call one of your friends from Grinder. Sure. Mia goes, do you think she's actually getting a divorce? And Gordon goes, I never thought so from the beginning. He goes, why give up a sugar daddy? It's a good gig if you can get it. I'm with Gordon. <laughs> Honestly. I'm with Gordon. Because even on Watch What Happens Live, Ashley's still being like, I don't know, maybe. I'm just not in that place right now. That's some bullshit. I'm sorry. They have an arrangement, and Gordon clearly wants one. Because then he goes, how do you think you and I would have handled that same situation? Him asking that question was in such a menacing way. And, like, sort of like. Honestly. She goes, oh, you would have to give me some type of settlement. And Gordon goes. No, it wouldn't have gotten that far. And has a full smile on his face. Like a C- he's the killer. <laughs> like Honestly. He goes, we would have come to an arrangement, probably still stayed together. Think about this for a minute. I get what I want because I'm near a beautiful woman. You get what you want by still having me around. We're still co-parenting the kids and we'd work out some kind of arrangement that's mutually beneficial. The- <laughs> This is the strangest comp. This is where I was like, what is happening? It was like, why are we talking about what we clearly know was the actual r- arrangement? 
as if it's a hypothetical that you might enter into at some point in the future. But also when you're at a point seemingly when you're in therapy trying to fix your marriage, right? You're in a point where it's like you're in a tough place in your marriage and you want to avoid divorce, right? That's the whole reason you're going to therapy. Why on earth would you say that kind of like a contingency plan vocally like that? Have we seen them in therapy? We saw one in one episode. Hmm. When when that's when the episode where Mia brought up like the lawyer killing himself. Oh right 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 right. By all intents and purposes, we're meant to believe that they're trying to make the marriage work, and like Gordon's just like, okay, but what about this? What about this idea? Just spitballing ideas. But also, you can't go from a regular marriage into a sugar daddy relationship. Yeah. Like, you've already crossed the intimacy line. We're not doing that shit. Yeah. Gordon goes, I mentioned to you before casually, and I think you got mad at me. And in Mia's confessional, they clearly ask her about this, and she just goes, I don't even know how to comment on that. And just, like, moves on. Just like, yeah, me either, girl. (laughs) You the one in it, and you can't comment? Yeah. Gordon goes, if we could find a deal that makes sense, why would we split up? And Mia goes... I think there's no amount of money that would keep a person in captivity. At least for me, I know that. Because that's the thing. It's like, why would we split up? Because Mia would want to have a relationship with another person. Right. That's why. Like, <laughs> Mia's like, be- because money is not enough for my heart. Yeah. But again, Mia... Did you, is this a change of heart from you in terms of what you want? I, here's the thing. I think that she maybe thought there was more to this than there actually was when she first got with Gordon. They have kids together. And so it's like, and then realized at a certain point that he was not in love with her. Yeah. And that he was never in love with her. That it was all just because she was a fine piece of ass. She got caught up. And she's like, I don't want in this anymore. I never wanted to be a sugar baby. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, the money was nice. And I absolutely spent it. But that wasn't the point. Right. Like. Yeah. It's, It's something. It's something. Um, we go to NECA's house and she's getting ready for the unpacking party. This is where I was like annoyed because her sister's there with her in the kitchen. She goes, you know, I'm trying to forge a path forward with Wendy. So I invited her as well. And you know, it's ironic. You know, my sparkling wine company is Bedeau, the beginning. If she comes today, this is our new beginning. I'm like, no, you can't do that product placement bullshit in the middle of the, like, this is where it's like, absolutely not. Let's, let's not, let's not do that. Uh, NECA says her confessional, I didn't hear from her that she wasn't coming, so I'm expecting to see her. You were like, why? Why would you assume she's coming? You assume that they're not coming until they tell you they are. Yeah. That's how an invitation works. I, I don't know if you know that. You don't invite 400 people to your wedding and then just assume 400 people are showing up. Yeah. It's great. Uh, yeah. I, I'm or- only ordering... For the 200 people that said that they wanted steak or, or chicken, I'm not 
the other 200 could go fuck off. Basically. Um, guests are arriving. I, I noted that Sharice's, if you pay close attention, Sharice's pajamas are very wrinkly. Like, she couldn't even steam them. Like, what is she doing? Not even steam. Throw them hose in the dryer for, like, 10 minutes. Something, yeah. With a little Febreze on there, and then they'll smell good, too. Right. She just rolled out of bed and came over here. I was so annoyed. Karen, so... Well, not uh, Karen. So Karen obviously still doesn't like Sharice, right? <laughs> Clearly. And so she's saying hi to people. Sharice is on the couch with like somebody else. I forgot who. And Karen turns to that couch and goes, hello, everyone. It was Ashley. It was Ashley. And Sharice goes, everyone says hello. Everyone. It's like, what? Like she said at the very least said hi to you in a, that to me doesn't seem odd. It's, like it's if, not. if I'm not fucking with someone and I just look to that group of people and say, hi guys, instead of having an intimate, hello, Sharice, what do you want? Which, would you rather? She goes, hello, you rancid. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, like just, I think Karen would be fine saying that. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, they're all sitting around, and then Giselle asks Kiana uh, if Wendy's coming. And Kiana's like, she did, she said that she just, just didn't feel comfortable. Giselle goes, well, what, was she going to tell the host? And Neca goes, it's okay. We're used to the disrespect. And also Giselle being like, well, she should have told the host. That's rude. You Again, do you, you ain't going to be the etiquette police. It, it's not rude. Not this episode. You're not going to be. If you ignore an invitation, you're not going. You are not Miss Manners. Giselle. At all. Sorry. <laughs> Wendy says her confessional, am I supposed to forget the way that you've come into this group and now you're asking me to come unbox boxes at your house? Girl, call U-Haul. Let, leave me out of it. Honestly, it's not even like it was just a let's come drink this thing that I made that's yeah. a thing. No. You wanted me to show up to your house and do manual labor. At least Wendy gave you some spices. Honestly. <laughs> Um, but that, okay. But again, as I was mentioning before, they're not even unpacking shit from the house. They still have boxes from the move, right? No, they're unpacking her wedding gifts that she hasn't opened yet. In four years? Four like two. Or two years. But like, what? Also, the really shitty blur job that they did on these crate and barrel boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so obvious. It's like, like you should have had her like tape over those boxes or something. Because this was trash. Yeah. Um, Giselle uh, is like, tells Karen, are we good with Mia today? And Karen goes, Mia, I do understand that your feelings are hurt that I retaliated. (laughs) (laughs) I love Karen. I'm sorry. It's great. And Mia goes, my feelings aren't hurt. They then like, it gets from the couch and then just kind of gravitate towards the kitchen separately and then just start the fight up again. It it felt almost like production was like, no, different spot. Like, (laughs) whatever. But Karen goes, are we doing this again? And Mia goes, well, that's because you called me a trick. And then she goes, it takes a trick to know a trick, which Karen immediately knew what Mia was talking about. And they do the flashback to the end of last season where she brought up the rumor about Karen in the restaurant. Oh, see, Karen knew what a trick was then. Yeah, very clearly. She goes, Mia goes, that's trick behavior, trickery. (laughs) And then Karen, I thought this was really like i the way karen laid it out was like i'm going to explain to you why i'm going to go scorched earth on you before i do it right she goes so for me you all have brought this to me for eight years and i am finding it hysterical but if we're going to talk about rumors let me show you how that feels okay because i've been nothing but a friend to you now i never came after your marriage when i heard you met up with a rapper 
But mm-hmm. I didn't. But I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I also could have said you're fucking a married man, but I never did because it's dangerous and it's a rumor, and I saw nothing. <laughs> Karen is so like. <laughs> I love Karen. Uh, it's perfect. Mia or Mia then goes. If you hear it for one one time, it's a rumor. But if you hear it from multiple sources, it makes me wonder. Talking about the Karen stuff, Giselle then goes. Being her hype person, goes. I never heard that. Bullshit. I guarantee you, if there are rumors out, because even Ashley on Watch What Happens Live said I heard it was like Flow Rider. Yeah. So if Ashley, you knew there was a rumor about Mia hooking up with a rapper. Mm-hmm. You knew that, Giselle. Who, uh, You're the, literally known for be, having the word on the street. Right. I was about to say, who's the person that's on this cast that constantly talks about word on the street? Oh, that's the bitch on the street. Yeah. Okay. Me and her confessional. I did love me and her confessional going, first of all, it's not a rapper. <laughs> no, I was like, good on you, Mia. Okay. And then Giselle like brings up something that they clearly censor, but on the captions, it says Lil Uzi Vert. So yeah. I was like, wow. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't know why that got through. Uh, Mia goes, just hanging out with them, but we're not screwing. And Gordon was there. And the way that Ashley and Giselle go, oh, you were just in the same room. That's fine. I- what was the evidence you had against Karen last year? Also, what was it that you said that was going on with you and Chris in that hotel room? Right. Oh, that's right. You were in the same room, and that was apparently constitutes a season-long campaign of you calling him a a sexual predator, basically. Yeah, Giselle sucks. I'm sorry. Mia goes, Gordon is the only married man that I actually had sex with. The way that Karen Karen has a drink with a straw in it and just goes, (laughs) just starts sucking at it as soon as Mia says this, like, bitch, I know different. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. Uh, Candace in her confessional goes, Mia strikes me as someone looking for security, so she's going to go for someone that's going to support her and her children and her lifestyle. And that's not a rapper. They teach you nothing in Hose Anonymous or whatever you went to school. It depends on the level of the rapper. Right. I mean, like, the the people I've heard in terms of the conversation with Mia are not, not wealthy. Yeah. They they have a good, a pretty penny to their name. The, there's There's some rappers that, you know... Could could get it and could pay the money to get it. Yeah. So they stop fighting for a little bit and then they go back around the couches and NECA has them play Never Have I Ever. She specifically says, write down a Never Have I Ever about something that you think someone here has done, but you think they're lying about. That's not how you play Never Have I Ever. Never. Yeah, exactly. And it's like being so obvious in terms of like, this is just a vehicle for which you guys can trash each other. And they do it, whatever. It's fine enough. NECA then reads one that goes, Never have I ever screenshotted my friend's family picture and saved it to my camera roll. And Robin's got a face like, mm, like, so proud of herself. Like, the, I didn't care. Like, like, it's like I last week, I, it, there's whatever. Karen's like, what? And like, she's like, explains the story. And Karen goes, I don't remember that. That might be true. I don't know. Like, you know, and then Giselle, this was edited so weird too. Cause Giselle goes, do you have a folder of Robin on your phone? Long pause. And Karen just goes, yeah. And then another weird long pause. And there, to me, it was edited as, as if like Karen was being serious. And I honestly thought Karen was just making a joke. Like, yeah, I have a, like, like, cause that's something Karen would do. Right. Like, 
like Cameron to be like, yeah, I got you in a folder. I got you listed as Robin and what? Like, do you know how many random ass pictures I have on my phone? Yeah, don't go don't go through my camera roll. <laughs> I mean, don't go through a queer person's camera roll ever. Period. And end of story. But like, just in general, like random shit. Like, I I will like save a screenshot of something that I send somebody you know, that I saw somewhere and then it's sitting in my camera roll. Cause I forget to delete it after. Yeah. It's not that crazy to me. It's not crazy. But, but Robin apparently thinks she has the smoking gun or something. I don't know. Um, but then they all, so they all think NECA for having them and they cheers with her champagne, get that last bit of promo in. Um, yeah, that was Potomac for this week. I, it it was there. Karen and Mia are great. It was an episode. And that's about it. Um, yeah. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of Vanderpump Rules. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right. Do you want something new to put on your reading list? Are you feeling your holiday spirit grow while also being astutely politically in tune? Then you'll want to pick up The Santa Strike, a new book by Shanna Hammaker. While home in Midland, Texas on a weekend visit with the eccentric uncle who raised him, Marion Wachlowski, otherwise known as Mary, discovers a long-forgotten letter Uncle Joe wrote to Santa Claus. Mary keeps it to share with his girlfriend Lindsay and his best friend Tommy, at first, they consider the letter to be nothing more than a silly lark. What kind of grown man would write a letter to Santa? But soon, Mary and Lindsay find themselves caught in a much larger mystery concerning many, many more letters to Santa, all surrounding the crisis of gun violence in America. You can order The Santa Strike now on Amazon, available both on Kindle and in paperback. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com Welcome back to A Gay and Zimby. Let's head on over to Hollywood where the worm is back, but he seems to have left his mustache in New Zealand on Vanderpump Rules. Vanderpump Rules for this week. This is where we're really, I mean, we had a nice time this first episode, and now we're going to get into the nitty gritty. I uh, Yeah. Because we it's a lot. We are we are the sergeant in the team Ariana army, and we're going to be fighting because they are coming for Ariana this season, and I'm not here for it. I'm sorry. I'm not. I don't care if I sound like a stan. I feel like she is being dealt dirty, and I see, but she's she's fighting through, and she's being rational, and she's facing it with, yep. like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not dealing with this gaslighting bullshit. Not fucking happening. Like, Mm. Yeah, we'll get to it because we, we, yeah. Opinions abound. Some people, I think it's from genuine forgetfulness. Other people, no. Other people, I'm, I'm genuinely curious if Sandoval had taken any of his like money to like what money for bots. Well, that's the thing. Well, I, he was the, is he broke? Is he not? He changes his story every fucking five minutes. 
I will get to it. We'll fucking get to it. We start the episode, and so we're starting to see the stuff in terms of the dynamic of them in the house together, right? And what that looks like. Ariana's getting ready in her room, and then Sandoval comes downstairs to the kitchen and says hi to his assistant, Anne, who is a fucking saint. And, like, God, give this poor woman, give this woman the Medal of Freedom at this point for what she's had to endure. Like, honestly, it's, I I feel so bad. I'm so glad that I, I think it was like a week or so before the Nick Vile podcast, like, she quit, apparently. And that was part of the reason why Sandoval was like super, like, you know, frustrated or whatever. And, like, she's apparently fully Team Ariana now. And, like, that makes so much sense. I feel like she was always Team Ariana. Because here's the thing. You don't live in that household. Or she's not living there. But you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't spend all your time in that household and not realize he's the asshole. Yeah. It's it's so, like, to me, it's like anyone with a discerning capability would, like, understand what's happening. Yeah. And and she, you can just see it on her face that she hates what he keeps putting her up to doing, right? Right. Like, you know, and like, it just reads entirely in that regard. He says in his confessional, I just got back from filming a competition reality show. I found myself these past few months on the receiving end of more hate than I've ever gotten in my entire life. I realize I have to be able to, you know, to take those things that life is throwing at me and weather it. But also I wanted to punish myself. Penance through pain. Just like... No one talks like that. You're fucking 40. Stop doing this, like, fucking, like, you know, penance through pain. Like, as if, like, you know. But also, that wasn't your penance because nobody on that show you had done dirty. Right. Also, you know, the, the things that life is throwing at me. And Ariana says this in the after show and this said this as well. He still is acting as if this is something that happened to him and not something he did. Right. And continues this episode later. Yeah. Like, it's so frustrating. And, like, what did you... Like, anyone who, like, extensively watched Special Forces, World Stuff... Let me know. Like, was the, the ending narrative that he learned something? Because, like, what is different from him po- pre this to post this? Like, I saw the clips where the, the drill instructor was just like, stop fucking crying. You're not a victim, basically, which he needed to fucking hear. But, like, then he clearly didn't internalize it. Yeah. So, like, what's the point? What's the point? His point was he needed to get paid. I guess. Um, Sandoval says that he's going to see Schwartz later. He go, and he goes, that's why I got him these pairs of shoes, which did you note that? Did you pick up on that as well? Like at the meeting with Schwartz later when he brings in these like pair of like, he nice had already shoes. bought the, bought him a previous pair right. of these. But it's also like, we talked about it last year, like his using of gifts and like, you know, gestures and like mm-hmm. he, cause he, he does it with Ariana. Like I do things all the time. I stock the, the George with batteries. I make sure the house gets cleaned after parties and stuff like that. But you're not one in those cases, you're not doing those things. You're instructing someone to do it. Right. But it's not even just last season, right? He had been doing it for years, right? He had been using gift giving as proof that he was a good guy as capital, right? To say, like, I'm a people person. This is why people love me. This is why. And it's happening with his quote unquote friend group now. Yeah. That's literally. We'll talk about it when we get to uh, his birthday party. Yeah. Oh, you mean the casting call for season 12? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Anna is like, oh, you guys okay? And Sandoval, talking about him and Swartz, and Sandoval goes, um, yeah, I think so. And then Swartz, Sandoval is confessional. Things are very much not okay between Swartz and I. So he's still lying. Cool. Awesome. Not like you're a compulsive liar or anything. <laughs> he goes, he just recently went on Jax's podcast and talked shit about me. I feel betrayed by my friend. He also didn't talk that much shit about, like, the idea that Sandoval thinks that that was Swartz talking shit. He literally just said, hey, this is what the optics are. He didn't even say that this is what you're doing. And he said, these are the optics. And he like, he ser- he's like, he served me a shit sandwich. You did. You absolutely did. Again, what are you disputing from that podcast? <sighs> oh, God. Um, Sandoval goes, so tomorrow's my birthday. I wanted to just like have people over and, and, uh, and goes, um, okay. Like she knows, she knows uh-huh. the answer, but she's, she, she's being paid to like do this shit that she knows is like not the right thing to do. Like Sandoval goes, well, Ariana's obviously invited if she wants to come. <laughs> Am I so funny? Shut up. Like you're such a, and he, and she's like, I think she'll be busy. Sandoval goes, I mean, we can ask her if she wants to, like, stay in a nice hotel. I can get her one. This is where I'm fully te- – like, Lala – I'm. we'll get to Lala later. I'm Team Ariana in this whole party thing. Sorry, I am fully. Like, this whole – it's so narcissistic, that, like, how he's framing it. Like, well, I'm going to get her, like, a nice hotel. Like, she'll love that, right? More gift-giving. More gift-giving. But it's not a gift. Right. This is her home. No, yeah. It's not a gift to buy her a hotel room for you to have a – so you can be – she can not be there and have a party. Right. That's not a gift. That's not a generous thing right, you're doing. Right, but that's how he's presenting it. Right. And that's, like, again, the fucking narcissist of it all. And, like, I'm sorry. I, I To me, we'll, we'll get to it more with the Lala stuff later. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Um Sandoval then decides to go to the show. Anne is going to tell her this. So Sandoval goes to the gym as Ariana then comes downstairs to let Maya out to go to the bathroom. Ariana talks about the living situation, the confessional. She goes, he's done some weird things like open my mail and put my plates on my car. I am. I was so shocked. This got almost no pickup online. No one was talking about this. And this was the most. He opened her mail. A federal offense, by the way. Yeah. And physically screwed in the license plates on her car for no reason. Why? Because he wanted to say, I did something nice for you and you're being a bitch about it. Right. That's the whole point. Except it wasn't nice. It was creepy. Why the fuck are you touching my car? Like, no one was talking about it online. It was puzzling to me. Like, that is so fucking, like, serial killer craziness. Sorry. It it felt like it was in the same vein of, you remember on season one of OC where... Oh, um, when Slade when Slade took the drivers or the the plates off of Joe's car yeah. so that she couldn't go anywhere. That's what it felt like to me. It was very that. It was dark side because as the fuck. entire point of that was number. Well, there's two points to it. Number one, it was a show for everyone else around 
so that they could see him doing something nice and her rejecting it. Yeah. That was number one. But number two, it was a power move. It was a, I am touching your things. I am invading your space. You cannot get away from me. I'm going to use this as power over you. Yeah. That's what this was. Ariana, well, and Ariana says later, like, it's like psychological warfare. Yeah. And that's entirely what it is. Yeah. This white noise machine is the same fucking shit. He goes, I got a white noise machine because when the scandal fever was at its peak, things I was saying were being overheard by Ariana and her friends. Do you think you're like a secretary of state of like a foreign country? Like, who gives a shit what you're saying, dude? Ariana literally said in the, in the after show, she's like, does he think like I have like a glass to the door to like, like I don't care. But also, if what you're saying in private is the same as what you're saying in public, because what you're saying in public is the truth, then why does it matter? Yeah, it's crazy. It's like, like you wouldn't need to do that unless you were hiding something. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ariana talks to Anne. Anne says, so, and she's so nervous. She goes, so Tom, um, wants to have a birthday party here tomorrow. And, um, he, he said he could like, you know, get you like a, a nice hotel room. And Ariana goes, um, that's not happening. And Anne goes, okay, okay. <laughs> she's so nervous. At one point she's just like, yeah, double thumbs up. Like, yeah, I got, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she goes, I think it's very disrespectful and inappropriate. If he wants to have a party, you can have it somewhere else. If there are people here making noise, I will call the cops. <laughs> and Anne's like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. says in the after show that this is hyperbolic. Yes. And, I think she was just angry enough to actually do it. I think she would have, <laughs> yeah. <the> I, <laughs> I wouldn't, again, wouldn't fucking blame her. I mean, she has no grounds to do so and probably would have got slapped with a, uh, like, uh, abusing police resources or something. Could she, get of one of the, could she get one of the neighbors to do a noise complaint? Because the neighbors have been complaining about him and the lights and shit like that. That's yeah, what I would have done. That's what I would have done. Text back the neighbor that texted you about the lights and have yeah. them complain about the Know noise. that she's on your side, right? Uh-huh. Ariana goes, like, I'm spiraling thinking about, like, what his parties used to be like. Because she says, in, like, the, like, they were, like, fucking ragers that would go to, like, four, five, six in the morning. So it's, like, you know, that's fucking ridiculous. At 40 years old? It's, really? It's, uh, only in his mind is he 40. Or, or only in everyone else's mind, I guess. I don't know. Um, Anne goes, look, I, or she goes, I don't know if you got my text. He's having Jason come hang out. And Ariana goes, yeah, I'll just keep existing like I normally do in my own house. And Anne goes, okay, great. Um, I, I, I do think Anne, Ariana was slightly short with Anne, but like, I understand why. Like, I also, uh, like she said in the after show, like, if I'm not a hard ass, I'm going to get run over. Yeah. And so I, under, like, I fully understand that. Um, we see Lisa with her hairstylist at Villa Rosa, and she's getting ready for the closing of Pump. Oh, 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 no. Back to, to her being an asshole. Rewind. To, to Anne, yes. It reminded me of what Monica said at the Salt Lake City reunion. I'm fine with being a villain in your story because you're a clown in mine. Yeah. That's what, uh, that, what that's Ariana's a, doing. That's she's like, fuck you. I'll be your villain. You're the clown. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Lisa says they're confessional about like the closing of pump. She's like, if we take it on for another year, Ken will be stomping the pavements of West Hollywood in his eighties. 
and I'll be in my 40s. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that that would have landed a lot better in season one. But also, Ken is not 80 yet. I looked it up. He's like 77. That's a hard 77. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's trucking. He's trucking through life. The Grim Reaper is right on his tail. That's dark, but like... <laughs> that is dark-sided! <laughs> but it's real. Come on. <laughs> Um, yeah. So we then see James and Allie also going on a walk, uh, around their neighborhood. James talks about wanting a dog eventually. This felt very, like the whole stuff about like what Rachel has been saying about like the process of like Graham getting to James's hands and stuff like that, that we'll see later. It's like, she might have a point. Cause it's, I mean, to, to mention it this early about like, yeah, the dog, I mean, I guess, but like, you know. Yeah. James goes, you know, Lisa asked me about Graham Cracker the other day at Tom Tom, and I can just picture him in that cactus infested land of Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's just dust. (laughs) Um, Okay. Back to the house. Tom's friend, Jason comes over friend. Well, his band manager. Oh, so the friend that he pays to be his friend. Spoiler alert for later. Half of the people, more than half of the people at his fucking party as his friends are the people in the band, work in the band, or at the some, like, there's people who are servers at, like, Tom Tom. And th- they're people who... Literally the only person who showed up to this party, as far as I can tell, that are not... Actually, no, there's nobody that got invited to this party that is not financially linked to Tom. They are either, Billy Lee as well. They are either people who are thirsty for a role on this show, Billy Lee. Yeah. People who already have a role on this show, James. Um, and Schwartz is there too, I think. Yeah. Right? Um, or people that work for him, either in the band or via Tom Tom. Yeah. So disgusting. You're paying for friends now? It's so quick. Like, it's, it's so fucking it's clear. It's so gross. Yeah. So gross. Also, the way that Billy... We'll talk about it, but the way that Billy Lee walks in and looks at Tom, she bites her lip. Oh, I didn't even notice that. And looks him up and down like, bitch, you have fucked this man. She is thirsty as hell. Like it's, it's, it's so gross. Jason goes, have you heard from Raquel? And Sandoval goes, I haven't heard from her in like a few weeks. Like, I just miss her. Like, I want to give her a big hug. I, I, I want never cared about her. N- never. Jason goes, you're kind of going through this world together of like people hating no. you. Like you're not like that's it's so like manipulative, gross, like fucking like, oh, I hate him. You went to New Zealand. She went to a mental health facility. And you went, and again, like, come on. And he says, he talks later about, cause he's sober now, right? Like he's like not drinking anymore. And he says that part, he says that part of the reason that he did it was because he knew Raquel was in a facility and that they could be sober together after the fact. One fucking gross that you're putting that on her as if she asked for that in any fucking way. Two, just like stop. You, no one believes that when you like. I just care. I want you know. I know it's tough for her in the mental health facility, et cetera, et cetera. When you're doing fucking concerts, singing songs about with her fucking name in it. Yep. It's gross. It's really fucking gross. And you don't have to like you. You can you can say you were obligated to do those concerts because of money. You the content is all you. Yeah. Like, he's such a... Like, he thinks we don't remember this shit. Sandoval tells him how Ariana said no to the party. 
Jason goes, is she allowed to tell you that? I feel like she's been having people here all the time. You should have people here. What is she even going to do? This is a pit. This is not a good friend. No, I'm sorry. A good friend tells you when you're wrong because it gets to the whole thing of like legally because both Sandoval and Ariana and excuse me and Lala make it so much about like what legally Ariana can do. Right. But legally it's your house too. Legally you can have a party there. Well, legally you can go fuck yourself. Right. Sandoval says it's confessional. Obviously Ariana's still very upset with me. I know she thinks what I did makes me a criminal, but I doubt the police are going to be going to agree with that. When Ann tells her about that, she'll call the police like, but it's like, we're not, again, it's not about the legality. You as a moral person would not even, like, the fact that you're asking Ariana in the first place to have this party, go somewhere else. Have your friend Jason do it in his house. Have anyone else fucking throw this party at your place that, that has, you know, is such a close fucking friend to you. There's no reason for you to do it in this house. And, like, yeah, like, it's ridiculous. It really recon- the thing that also really recontextualized. I hoped it for a lot of people was on the Nick Vile podcast when Nick when uh, Sandoval was like she's so, she's so unreasonable. She's not like being reasonable about anything. And and at one point Nick Vile goes, "Do you think you deserve her reasonableness? Do you think that's warranted?" Yeah, and it's not. Also, let's talk about who's reasonable and who's not. He's claiming that if she were to call the cops. It would be because he cheated on her. Do you really think she would pick up the phone, call 911 and go, yes, uh, dispatch, I have a man in my home who cheated on me and I need you to come uh, arrest him. Right. No, motherfucker. It's disturbing the peace, dumbass. Also, number two, as we will see in a few minutes, she reasonably, when you agreed to end the party at midnight said fine right she her issue like yes there's an emotional issue of fuck you i don't want you celebrating anything ever till the end of time but she has a right to feel that way right she has a right to feel that way but the main issue is i don't want to have to deal with you being there till four five six o'clock in the morning right i got shit to do so let's let's get to it with this part because then right after this this is lala and ariana get together to have smoothies right outside the smoothie place lala asks her about how the living situation's going and ariana tells her this whole story about how ann came to her said that he wanted to do a party and she's like no i'm not doing that she's she ariana goes i'm like this is my house i will be at my house like i'm not getting a hotel and lala goes Right, but I just think from a logical standpoint, he's allowed to have a party in his house. And here's the thing. Right. Logically, you're right, Lala. If you look at this and say, you know, if two people don't like each other, but they're living together, and they, you know, both have equal rights to the house, one should be able to have a party and the other one should not be able to say really shit about it. Right. This is not happening in a vacuum. Yeah. This is happening with full context of what has happened. Full context of what his parties are like. Full context of what his paid-for friends are like. Full context of the fact that he likes to get high off his ass and not just on mushrooms. And, you know... 
full context of the fact that he cheated on her with her best friend and fucked her in her bed. And also, again, you're wanting her... The the proposition is that she leave the house and go to her hotel while he throws this fucking party when he's possibly still with this woman. They fucked in the house already. I will remind people, because I feel this is such the most egregious fact, he brought her to the house when Ariana went to go film her movie post this whole thing coming out. So, no. No. It's not the reasonable thing to do. Every time she has left this man alone in her house, he has violated that space. Right. Uh, Ariana goes, that's true, but I'm also allowed to call the cops for a noise complaint. And Lala goes, but why would you do that? And Ariana goes, if they're loud and I need to go to bed because I have shit to do the next day. And Lala goes, couldn't you say to Anne, like, just be like, hey, I know it's his birthday and I want him to have the best time. Could he just make make sure everyone's gone by this time? The the part about, like, I just want to make sure he can have he can have the best time. Ariana doesn't have to say that. At all. Ariana doesn't have to think that. At all. She is allowed to think he can rot in hell. Uh-huh. Rot in hell. And, if, and again, I think it's so frustrating because it's like, if Lala, this was you, you wouldn't be, at, like, you wouldn't be, like, this reasonable fucking, like, I'm sorry. You wouldn't. Yeah. You would burn the shit fucking down. Ariana tells her, Anne did text me and say, it's a group of 12 people and they're going to be gone by midnight. And I'm like, that seems fine. So she, like you oh, said. you mean reasonable? Right. Lala goes, I mean, wouldn't it be just be easier to move out? And Ariana goes, yeah, sure. When the house is sold, because I'm not here for him trying to assert his dominance, be louder, be more obnoxious, make me uncomfortable. And then I cower and let him do whatever. So Lala on the after show was so, and Sheena was so fucking fascinating in terms of this house situation. Lala, and this is after a whole season done. Like Lala is saying, like, because uh, James is like, yeah, it's a complicated thing with them being in the house together. And Lala goes, it's not that fucking complicated. She can leave. Like, she, she, it's not that complicated to get up and leave. And it's like, yeah, it is, Lala. James has to literally be like, okay, because Lala's like, I did that with Randall. I packed up. It's, and it's like, yeah, Lala, but you didn't own the house. Yeah, you could easily pack up and leave because you had no connection to that house. And Lala's maintaining, like, she can do it as well. It's like, no, literally, like, you actually don't understand that, like, if she takes every bit of her property out of that house and she leaves that house fully, she loses so many of her rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, to the point that his attorney could literally take this to a judge and say, she has abandoned her part of the house and therefore is no longer due her half of the value of this house. And also she's like, well, Lala says, don't say it's about like money that you can't afford it. And it's like, she probably can't afford it because if she leaves that house, she has to pay for a mortgage. She has to pay for an apartment in LA separately, which the LA prices are fucking ridiculous right now. Yeah. Like, on top of the fact that she's opening a restaurant. Right. No, she can't afford that. And again, but also it's like, you are her friend. You are not her lawyer. You are not her therapist. Your You're, job is to be supportive. Right. That's it. Yeah. Lala goes, 
But I think that's maybe when you're not understanding the type of person that he is. He's getting off on making you uncomfortable and you sticking around. And Ariana, like, smiles and nods. And it's the nod of, like, no, I do know that. You dumb bitch. You're not teaching me anything. <laughs> Ariana, I felt getting really annoyed. She says her confessional. You can't sell the house unless both people agree to sell the house. But Tom wants to buy me out and stay there. And I'm not just going to pack up my clothes and hitchhike down the road because Tom offered me a measly sum of money. So this is what was frustrating me a little bit is that on the show, Ariana is present. And I don't know if this is Ariana's doing or if this is editing or whatever. Yeah. But. We are getting the reason of her wanting to stay in the house is to stick it to Tom. Right. That's how it's being presented. That's how it's being presented. That's not what's going on. Yeah. What's going on is that Tom offered to buy her out of her half of the house at $3 million, 3.1 or something like that. But I also- which he claims is above market value, whatever. But at the end of the day... He can then turn around and sell this house, and he gets all the profit. Right. And also, I heard something. I don't. I wanted to get the confirmation where it was being talked about, but that he allegedly was going to pay her in payments because, of course, he doesn't have the money to pay a full lump sum of that. That's fucking crazy. Like, I wouldn't trust him with payments. At all. One, like, are you kidding? Like, but also that means that she does not have money to go put a down payment on a new place. Yeah. She does like also the market right now is absolutely trash. Like in comparison to even just two years ago, interest rates are like double what they were in 2021. Right. So like, of course she can't go just get a mortgage right now. If he's just paying her a monthly installment on this. Yeah. Fuck off. Right. Ariana says they're confessional. The fact of the matter is he broke the home. He fucked all of this up. He doesn't get to do that and just like, I don't know, keep it. Yeah. Yeah. And he should be leaving the, like, Lala keeps, James says to Lala at one point in the after show, Tom should be leaving the house. And Lala goes, he's not going to leave the house. And James goes, fine, then why should Ariana? And like, I... I want to give Lala like the benefit of the doubt because she's comparing it to her situation and in her, it's si- not the same. It's not the same, but in her situation, she was trying to keep her and ocean safe, right? Safety was the number one concern. There was no financial anything involved wrapped up in that. And Ariana so even she was, says that she says like she had a baby and I understand wanting to get out of there, but, I only have myself and I can handle myself. But also, if you understand that there is a emotional well-being issue here, should you not as her friend go, how can I support you in this moment? Yeah. How can I show up for you and make sure that you are taken care of and you are protected and insulated from this awful human being? That's all she wants and needs. Like, like, it is so fucking easy to just show up and hold space for someone without trying to tell them what they should do. Right. Yeah. So they talk some more. The topic of Dan comes up. And then Lala asks, has he changed your mind about starting a family? And Ariana goes, I mean, he's the first person I've met where I'm like, oh, 
is that what that would be like? And she even elaborates in her confessional. She says, in retrospect, Tom being my partner affected my feelings on having kids a lot more than I thought it did. And I was so happy for that, by the way. Like, it was like, I, I actually, some people, some Sandoval fans were theorizing, like, she's only saying this to, like, stick it to Tom. No, I don't agree. Like, I actually think that's very, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Why would you, like, I, I can see her, like, because I do think, like, she had, she was building contempt for Tom and to a certain extent, not to where she was expressing it against him and calling him ugly and demeaning him and whatever. But, like, I think she was getting annoyed by the fact that he wasn't growing up. Yeah. Well, he says he was, at one point in the after show, like, she used to, like, take mushrooms with me, and then suddenly she just, like, didn't want to do it anymore. It's like, yeah, because she grew up. Yeah. At a certain point, you should be growing like i'm not saying that like you have to put aside things that you're passionate about just because other people tell you that you're too old for those things right yeah but when your entire personality and lifestyle is around pleasure seeking you're still a teenager that that's a problem yeah at 40 years old and and I do, I think it's I was, I, you own multiple businesses, dude. Yeah, and it's responsible to be like I don't want to bring a child into this world that right. has to like because when I'm already have one, we can't do six a.m. ragers with a toddler. Yeah, that's not that's not a thing. And Sandoval would pro- I would guarantee you Sandoval would not change in t- yeah. if that would happen. Absolutely. He likes the, again, he really likes the idea of having a child without, like, the actual, like, putting any work in. I'm so glad that he never fertilized her eggs. So thankful. Um, yeah. Lisa and Ken arrive at Pump for the closing party, and uh, there's a big crowd there, and she gets up and speaks about how it's been 10 years and how amazing it's been. They have a compilation of, like, all the Pump moments and, and stuff like that. And Some of those were awkward. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> the cheersing with Schwartz and Sandoval, like, you're going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Um, guests start arriving. Um, Schwartz is bartending behind the bar, which is like, he's like, I can do it now. I'm not going to have a panic attack. Like last time. You were never a good bartender. No, I don't. Was anybody on that cast? A good bartender? Ariana. Yeah. People. I mean, people would say Sandoval was, but I mean, Jax never was. No, Jax was doing what he could to get along. I I would hate for Jax to be my bartender. So awful. Awful. Um, so the ladies are at a table with Vanderpump talking, but then Schwartz comes up to say hi and Ariana and Katie are like, let's go somewhere less noisy because they don't want to be around him. Like, yeah. Whatever. Schwartz sits next to Lisa to talk. Lisa goes, how's your business? You were lost over there. You're still lost over there. And Schwartz goes, we really got it bad. We had to clean up Tom's mess. He severely tainted the brand name. My partners don't want to work with him. He's like an absentee partner. And we find out from Schwartz that at one point, like at the Schwartz and Sandy's partners basically said, if you come in we will basically kick you out we don't want you even in the building that doesn't surprise me all of the bad press he brought that place yeah well and notice the fact that the intro they're filming in tom tom because greg was like no more filming in Schwartz and sandy's sorry and it's not even just post scandal it was pre-scandal when he wasn't making decisions Schwartz was showing up and pulling so much extra, like not to simp for Schwartz or anything. Right. Well, that's but the thing. like Schwartz was working his ass off to carry the weight for that restaurant, yeah. 
and Sandoval was just gone. And he, that's such a good, I'm so glad you brought that up because it makes me realize Sandoval tries to make the point later of like, I just needed to make money. That's why I was on tour and that's why I was distant or whatever. But you were doing this beforehand. You were doing this before any of this happened. Right. Like, that's such a good point. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, so, oh my God. Lisa then says, I think it's a little unfair for Swartz to blame Sandoval for the demise of the business. I don't think Sandoval was thinking, what, you know, wonder if the takings at Swartz and Sandy's will go down because I'm shagging my best friend's partner or my partner's best friend. I don't think that matters. It doesn't matter. He should have. What is and it, this is just like you're just defending a shitty man, Lisa. Sorry, like that's like borderline. He he wasn't thinking about it. He just wasn't thinking about it. So so now he's not to blame because he didn't. That didn't happen on purpose. It's crazy because it was collateral damage. It's no longer okay. Watch watch misogyny work. <laughs> like watch like a woman could never get this excuse. Sorry, they couldn't. Uh, literally. <laughs> has it yeah like katie or not katie kristen Kristen was banned from sir for how long i agree with that she has held a grudge against kristen for like almost 10 years and almost every bit of the reason she's angry at kristen is collateral damage right and it's like the amount of passes they give the the toms it's just like crazy. and nothing that she ever did was to the level of this no it's crazy uh, we then, oh my god, this scene. We then see Sheena going into the studio with Brock. Uh, to oh meet, my god! To meet with her friends in the the Twenty Sevens, which is a band, because they're doing a screamo cover of "Good as Gold" for emo nights at this like big popular. Wild. <laughs> Sheena trying to be emo screamo, but honestly, <laughs> but. Like, she got more angry at that line than I have seen her on 10 seasons of this show. <laughs> it's so crazy. She has never screamed at anyone the way that she screamed in that bike. It's crazy. I'm here for this, Sheena. Uh, Sheena, after they record, Sheena's talking to Brock. She's like, I haven't done music since we've gotten together. That's wild to me. Yeah. It, yeah. It, but then she's like, I took a break after the negativity of my last music video, which I forgot about the music video with those two guys, the Max and Brett, where she's like fully in underwear and like smacking her ass. It's like, geez. that was so awkward. Oh, no, it's really bad. I will say I do think her recent stuff is kind of catchy. The like that Apple song, I actually kind of like. Like Sheena has some like good as gold is kind of a bop. It's an ear. Well, it's an earworm. Yeah. More than anything. Um, they talk about going to this emo night event and that they're going to be bringing their friend Tori into babysit Summer Moon um, at that time. And Sheena talks about like, yeah, my therapist was like, what's the next piece of exposure work you can work on? And it's like allowing someone to watch my kid. And Sheena talks about like the postpartum OCD that she's been going through and stuff like that, which I actually thought was very I mean, important for Sheena to talk about. Cause yeah. I think, you know, she talked a little bit about it in season nine, like before Scandal about how like bad her pregnancy was and she she bled out a lot and was like well and i didn't i knew about postpartum depression i think everybody knows about that but i didn't know that there were other mental health conditions you could get postpartum yeah this is a i had heard about this before because there is people confuse the two sometimes and it can be like misdiagnosed as postpartum depression but postpartum oc is specifically like you're visualizing more anxiety ridden than depression. She's basically like visualizing in her head. Like if I leave summer moon alone, something bad is going to happen. And like, I, you know, well, and people also don't, don't realize what OCD is, right? People think that OCD is just like, well, 
um, I have to flip the light on four times or I have to wash my hands seven times or I have to yeah. click my heels 20. Like, it's not that. It's these things are tied to the destruction of the world. If I don't do this, it's it will lead to this butterfly effect, right? That will lead to everything falling apart. Right. It's a level of anxiety that is so severe that it literally makes you do things that you know are nonsensical. Right. Like it, I have, it, I I've never been diagnosed. I have that to a certain extent. Like I, you know, you've seen like where I like double, triple check everything, and I'm like very like you know like like it's. It's part of that. And Sheena says, like, it's been, like, a year where I haven't, like, where I haven't had a moment where I'm just, like, alone with my daughter. Yeah. Because I'm so worried about, like... Well, and there's also another component of it, which is these intrusive thoughts. Yeah. Right? Which intrusive thoughts are not just, like, haha, what would happen if I swerved and drove off this bridge? Mm -hmm. It's not just that. That's, like, everybody gets those. But, like, what she's talking about is stuff like that where you're actually like not actually considering it, but like it's present in your brain as if you were right. It's you can't do anything about it. Like in the moment, there's nothing you can do. It's just there. Yeah. And it's, it's scary. It's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. We go to Swartz and Sandy, or Swartz and Sandoval meeting up at this place called the Belmont. Swartz offers him a non-alcoholic beer because he's not drinking, and he talks about why that he's doing it for Raquel. Who cares? Also, by the way, I should add to that as well. The fact that he, it's so gross, by the way, the fact that he's saying that he's gay, he got sober because he loved Raquel and wanting to do it for her. Meanwhile, he couldn't get sober long enough to fucking jizz in a cup. To oh, fucking, my God. Right. He couldn't do it for Ariana. Ariana wasn't enough for him to get sober for the basic thing of just, like, wanting to have children. But with Raquel, I'm willing to get sober for you. Gross. Wild. He's gross. Swartz goes, I feel like you've almost become like a mythological creature, like a cryptid. I need him. I just, I, if I had one wish in this world is that Sandoval and Swartz can just talk fucking real for once and not with these like, it's so stupid. San- it's very irritating. Sandoval goes, they ran us so hard in New Zealand. And Swartz goes, did you cry? Sandoval goes, yeah. Swartz goes, honestly, I would have preferred it to have to, to having to deal with the shit at the bar. And the way that Sandoval's face drops of like, no, I'm supposed to, it's supposed to be my moment where I talk about my penance from pain and all that. And Honestly, I do think that, that Schwartz is pissed at him at this point. I, I think I, he is, but I, I think that Schwartz falls back into his rhythms. Right. Um, I think honestly, Sandoval taking all this time away has, yeah, I think they need more distance so that Schwartz can really live in this. I don't need him. He's actually detrimental to my health and my well being, And he's actually a piece of shit that has done nothing but hold me back. Right. He recoils whenever they're like close enough and right. Sandoval knows how to, you know. 
Santa goes, I can feel like you're angry at me, but obviously I fucking had to tour and stuff. Like, my, which also, like, as if he's like, he, because he says it like, my bank account was literally overdrawn, but he has the money to pay off Ariana. But also, like, what, I'm sorry, what money are you getting from touring with your band? What, what money were those shows bringing in? I just, I, they were free shows. Were you getting a cut of the bar, maybe? Um, I can't imagine. Like, possibly, maybe a cut of the bar uh, and probably a booking fee. Okay. So, I can't imagine out of those two things, you were getting enough money to pay all of your band members who you pay to be part of the band. You also pay the venue, right? Like, you, like, or, or, no, no, no. You get paid by the venue. Sure. But like there's a, like the contract that yeah whatever but but that that's what I mean is the booking fee so like you get your booking fee you get your cut of the bar if that is in your contract and then you have to out of those two things pay your band members pay for travel you know all of these things what was left yeah I don't get like to pay eight to pay according to him eight months worth of bills that Ariana Ariana hasn't paid a bill for eight months, which is wild because they were together for five of those. Which is yeah yeah the time he's talking about was before the affair came out. By the way, right? Because this is in what March, right? Um, motherfucker, the affair, the affair came out in. Oh no! This would have been like April. Well, this or is May. this is about three months after. Well, this is three or four months after filming, uh, after the stuff broke. So there was a good four or so five month February, period, right? So there was four or five months before y'all broke up. Yeah, that she allegedly wasn't paying bills. Also, one they would shut off your utilities if you weren't paying the bills. First off, second off, Ariana explains this in the after show. We don't get her side in the episode, but she explains it in the after show. She says basically at the point of which the like she she first says that everything originally from our bills was coming out of a joint account that we would both put money in, right? And then at a certain point when he refinanced the mortgage loan, he put it in his own account separate from her. Right. Okay. And then when all this stuff was transpiring with like the bills and stuff like that, he was coming here and say, Hey, you owe me this, this money for this bills. And she would say, okay, can you send me an itemized list of what you are saying that I owe you? Because she doesn't trust him to give accurate numbers on that. So my question is, how did all those other bills get moved out of the joint account right. into his account? Because he at some point cites Spectrum, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is not a mortgage. That's internet. Um, it could be cell phone, right? But I, I doubt it. It's probably internet. Um, so I, I just – you could have left it in the joint account yeah. where she was still putting money into – and he literally says on the after show, I mean, what do I have to like pay for an accountant to no, like, you have no! to print off a bank statement and use a motherfucking highlighter. It's not that hard. It's not that hard to produce dude. And she also says at a certain point she was overpaying on the mortgage on her end. Right. So, and I get it. I, and at this point, keep in mind, she's has her lawyer. She's suing him for the house stuff, right? So she's basically saying, we will go through a legal process. If you want to prove that I owe you money, prove that I owe you money. But I am not taking your fucking word on shit. Right. 
Uh, yeah. Back to the, the lunch. Sandoval tells Schwartz, it really hurt my feelings. You go on all these podcasts. He, he only went on one podcast, by the way. He didn't go on all these podcasts. You go on Jax's fucking podcast and say that I'm touring to live my rock star dreams. Yeah, you're doing it totally altruistically, Tom. But, but also, that's not what he said. He said it looks like he is touring to live his rock star dreams yeah schwartz goes i was upset because we're dealing with your shit show back at the bar i would have been reaching out and pitching ideas like hey guys can i hire a publicist to help out guys i'm so fucking sorry which also i don't think a publicist is gonna help in that but whatever no he need what would help is him learning and then vocalizing that Sandoval then says, if you're resentful, then be resentful and call me a fucking asshole to my face. Don't do this backhanded shit. Oh, I'm sorry. The man who went and filmed scenes in front of bagel trucks talking shit about Ariana. Any chance he can fucking get on camera. Don't say it to my face. Don't say it out, you know, behind my back or whatever. Also, also, when when is he supposed to say it to your face when you've abandoned his, the, the restaurant you've abandoned all you're not in front of his face. You're not there. You fuck, you fucked off to New Zealand. So you didn't have to see anybody. Yeah. And and Schwartz goes, Tom, Tom, Tom. And Sandoval goes, listen to me. Like, like, gross. You are in no place to be the, have this attitude. And Schwartz goes, just take it. That's all you should be saying is, I'm sorry. Sandoval goes, I care. I care about it, okay? Schwartz goes, it didn't seem that way. He goes, I know I fucked up. I know what I did was terrible. I'm fucking sorry. I think it would actually help for me to go in there. But see, look, I can't. So it's everyone else's fault, right? Right. So you, no, it's like, I no, I didn't do the initial because they wouldn't let me in. Fuck off. Sandoval goes, are you going to stick with me or what? His tone is so nasty. So fucking manipulative. And Swartz goes, I think I'm going to do what's best for me. <laughs> Which means be with Sandoval because you, you don't have a backbone. Anyways, we go then to Brock and Sheena's house as they're getting, Sheena's getting ready to go out for emo night and they have Tori arrive. And then when Tori arrived, I was like, oh, this is Tori. Uh-huh. Well, not to spoil it, but we see Tori in the trailer for the season in a different capacity. And uh-huh. That's interesting. Um, Sheena says that she's known her since she was 16, so she trusts her a lot. And it's, you know, a good person to have to do this. Um, Sheena's basically telling Tori, like, what you'll need, et cetera, like, in terms of, like, hours and stuff like that. Her mom has, like, a torn – because her mom, Erica, is also, like, helping Sheena and Brock. and But she has, like, a torn rotator cuff, so she can't do a lot of stuff. Brock goes, yeah, and with, like, Sheena's inability to let things go, like, we're here. And Sheena goes, that's not what it is. Like, get, like, her, the way in which, I don't think Brock maybe even meant it this way, but him saying, like, the inability is kind of, like, it's a a bad word choice. Yeah. And Sheena goes, just shut up. And Brock goes, why did you get so triggered? Sheena goes, because she's my everything. And Sheena's, of course, Sheena crying and goes, and I'm not just going to leave her here with anyone. And this is a big deal. Please. Brock goes, why are you saying please to me? I've been asking for this for months. And they get into this argument, which Which is dumb. Real uncomfortable. I don't know who I sided with in this argument because I also thought Brock was kind of being an asshole. Summer. (laughs) Summer, basically. Brock says uh, in his confessional, before having summer, we were this like juggernaut of just like getting things done. Now for Sheena, day-to-day tasks get monumental. It was giving like Dorit PK vibes. Uh, A little bit. Yeah. I also didn't like his framing there. Like it was almost like he was blaming summer moon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
I mean, that's I, a great way for her to see this later and get a complex. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Her mom, Erica, then speaks up and goes, I just think sometimes you need to validate her feelings. You can't stop the way that she feels. Uh, while I agree with her, you need to shut the fuck up you right like, now. This is out. not your argument. Yeah. Brock goes, she has two people validating her feelings. All I do is support you and try to help with that. And I think Erica, like, pulls a face and she, and Brock goes, you could say, mm-hmm, but you surround yourself with yes people saying this to Sheena and... It's like, okay, this is a bad fight to have. Erica goes, that's not true. I raised two dollars that don't need anything from me. Which, but Eric, but Sheena does say that like she is, she wants to get to a point where she, she says it's because of like the OCD and sort of like that stuff. But she's like, I do want to have the ability to sort of like have the confidence in myself to raise my child on my own and not feel the need to sort of like have that crutch of my mother. Like not in terms of like that she's be actively trying to be a crutch, but like, right. But for her mother to say she doesn't need anything from me while I'm actively here providing something that she needs for me. It was real rich. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, yeah. You're right. The only one right in here is summer. Yeah. Um, we then go to James and Allie's house and Schwartz is coming up. Schwartz brings him another fucking plant, even though he just gifted him one. I realized earlier why, cause this is the second time he's bringing a, a plant. He's bringing a, a gift. He's echoing Sandoval's uh, gift giving. I learned it from watching you. Yeah. Yeah. He gives him like he a... echoes a lot of the toxicity from Sandoval. I I really like I don't want to like give him a pass because he's done a lot of fucked up shit. Yeah, but I really think he would have a chance at being a better person if he could just get away from Sandoval. Yeah, I agree completely. He says in the confessional, it's hard to not feel a little sting from like losing my dream home, you know, seeing James and Allie's new home. And he goes, it's like, you used to be a homeowner again. Maybe you'll never be one again. You loser. It's like, I get it. I get it. But it's also, here's my problem. I think Schwartz, I think these are, I think Schwartz is genuinely feeling these things, but I also think Schwartz has created this problem for himself where he constantly wants to like be puppy dog and like feel bad for me. Like he does that in the, like as like either coping mechanisms in situations or to gain sympathy in or places in which he's not welcome or has had issues with somebody, right? And so right. as an audience, I see that and I'm just like, you're just trying to like fucking like it's so because I I see like evidence of trauma that he's not dealt with. Right. And that's why I want to Give him a little bit of leeway, but it's like you're not dealing with it. Right. You, you're you a fucking adult. Like, you can't just blame trauma for your toxicity anymore. Yeah. It's like, not, it's, you, you got to heal and move on. Yeah. Um, Allie has started an astrology business, and she got Swartz's birth chart, to, and that's why Swartz is over at the house. Allie was the underrated MVP. I, I'm, I'm at the point I love Allie. Allie's great. Allie says her confessional, I was really interested in doing Schwartz's birth chart because I just, I mean, to put it nicely, I feel like he could use a little direction. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, like, maybe I can get him on the right path. Uh, so they go over the chart and Allie's like, you have the most Libra on your chart that I've ever seen, which makes so much fucking sense. She goes, they just want everyone to get along. They're the peacemaker. They're the peacekeepers. You know, someone has to be the people pleaser. And Schwartz goes, I don't like that term. 
I'm slutty with people. I'm like, that's gross. Stop. It's really gross. Also, I just want to interject this here because there's a lot of naysayers about astrology. Mm -hmm. Number one, there's a lot of depth that to astrology that is um, not just your horoscope in the newspaper. Right, right, right. Um, But also, it's not an excuse. Right. It's to show you your tendencies so that you can then learn how to navigate that. It's not saying... It's not a permission slip. Right. It's not a permission slip for Schwartz to just bend over backwards for everyone else. Right. Right. It's saying you have a tendency to do this, so you should look out for spaces where you are not serving your best interest in order to please someone else. Yeah. Um, which he does have a tendency to do for some reason in every situation except for with Katie. I don't, <laughs> oh, don't don't even get me started. I don't know why none of his Libra tendencies ever <laughs> blended into that relationship. It's because he was never married to Katie. He was married to uh, Sandoval. Yeah, but also because Katie's not a man. I yeah, can that, that I contend that it's only men that he is able to do that with. Well, I think also because he doesn't have any sisters, does he? He's only think... got brothers. Yep. So it's very male dominated dominated home life. Then he gets into this bro relationship with Jax and Sandoval. So I mean, I just he's never had strong women that he had to contend with. Right. Well, he's gonna have to deal with them now. Yep. Um, so we then go, oh, well, James gets a text from Sandoval inviting him to the birthday party. And James is like, I might stop by, but he's, you know, um, we then go to Sandoval's birthday party. Like I said, it's a, just an audition process to get on this fucking show at this point. It's disgusting. Um, and as this is happening, the ladies are also getting ready for emo night. Uh, we see James and Allie heading to Sandoval's party and he says in his confessional, what I need to hear from Sandoval is really simple. I'm really sorry. This is absolutely awful. What I did is just absolute betrayal. And I'm not sure if I can ever come back from this. But if there's one thing I'm going to do is work every day to try. And I'm like, that's literally the perfect answer that Sandoval could give. That's literally word for word what Sandoval should be saying. Yeah. I, he should also mean it. Yeah. But like, yeah, that, that it's so simple. It's crazy that that's coming from James Kennedy too. By the way, that like James has grown up so fucking much. Sure. What I will say, just for like also podcast listeners, like uh, I don't. You've seen some of the stuff about like, like Kristen said stuff about like right. stuff about in the past with James and Rachel also like hinted to like she said something to the effect of I'm not going to share why I broke up with James, but because uh, it could ruin his life basically and. Stuff like that. I will say this. I, I think this, like, we are analyzing James of what we're seeing on the show. Right. And so, and I do want that element to be explored if there is, like, a, if, you know, and Kristen's talked about it pretty plainly, too. Like, yeah. it's not, like, a secret in many ways. But, um, yeah, I think it deserves to be talked about. Um, I think if those things are true, I think James should be held accountable for them 1,000%. I agree. Um, but I, just, but just, I, but just, I so, also just think... so our audience knows, like, if we're talking very nicely about James, we're doing it based off of what we're seeing on the show. And it's... Right. I do think, though, if any action is taken against James, it needs to be at the behest of the people who were the, on the receiving end of right. his actions. Like, and they should have the freedom to speak about what they what they experienced. One hundred percent. But also, we can't be more angry than they are. Right. 
So if Raquel is saying, Rachel, whatever, that she doesn't want to ruin his life over this, if Kristen is, Kristen fucks with him now. No, she doesn't. I thought she did. No, I thought she, she, she was she on, won't film. Oh, with, she won't film with him. She oh, won't really? Like, I didn't realize no. that. Okay, there's, and so there, there's been talks about other people not wanting to film with James for a long time. I think like Stasi's kind of hinted to that, you know, because I like, wasn't aware of that. She she's like, if you look back, I there's a great long period where I'm not filming with James. Interesting. Yeah, I I think, but yeah, but I think Kristen in her book like explicitly kind of laid. She didn't name James, but she explicitly laid out allegations and like, yeah, like you know, I think. They have a right to be heard, and I think it's it's valuable that right. you know we know that. And if James has grown genuinely, right, then you have to be honest about it and confront it. Right. I I think that that is the next step in his evolution. Yeah, I hope so. Because I we said it last week. I actually like that he's sober, and he and just from presentation of this episode, he looks more sober. Yeah. And looks calmer and looks more in tune. Now, I don't know what that means outside the show. But right. we, we right. n- of but none of us know. So um so Sandoval is getting ready. He tells uh his friend Jason, I got some mushroom chocolates, because of course he fucking does. Just, it's so it's ridiculous. He's got his someone got him this like rainbow necklace, like he's a fucking cult leader. Like, like it was like one of those like giant it was, like it was so gross. It's just a mess. Uh, among his friends, like again, it's like we said before, it's his band manager, it's his fucking guitarist, it's the guy who works at fucking Tom Tom. At one point, we see Tom's vocal coach. <laughs> you literally pay this man too. Go. There's a. I wish I had his name, but there's a TikToker who's like an actual musician, or she's married to a musician, and he she showed him like Tom's sets, and his reactions are the funniest things oh, in the world. Yes, I'm yeah, just yeah. like. He's just like analyzing, being like, he, there's no, no, like, like what, what are we doing? Like, it's, it, go look it up. It's, it's hilarious. So, Schwartz then comes up, arrives. He goes, I got you a cake. And Sandoval goes, does it say Sandoval's a liar? And then he immediately burst into tears, ran upstairs, um, and then tried to, no, that's not what happened. Sandoval, he laughs. Yeah. Sandoval claimed on, I think he claimed it multiple places, but he definitely the very most recent claim on Nick Files podcast that that sweet lady Jane's cake during the time of the Scandoval thing, posting an Instagram post with a cake that read Sandoval's a liar on it, which is what Jane's was singing at shows that that pushed him to the point of almost committing suicide. That did it. But he's laughing about it right here. I his his. Here's the thing. No one should be committing suicide. No one should be reached that point, even Sandoval. I do think the fast and looseness of which he plays with the concepts like suicide in just discussions, like how he basically tried to claim that Ariana threatened to kill herself, and I don't like it. I think it, and I think that's a quality of a not great person. Really? Yeah. Sandoval's not a great person. Yeah. Interesting. Um, James and Allie pull up to the house and Allie goes, don't even tell him I'm in the car. Allie's staying in the car. She literally says, I'm going to slink down in my chair. I... <laughs> she says in her confessional, I don't have a close relationship with Sandoval and I really genuinely care about Ariana. So I just don't see a point in trying to force a relationship. Yeah. Queen. Like, yes. 1000%. 
James walk in. Tom says hi and shows him around. James's confessional goes, Tom's party is like a who's who. Like, who the fuck are you people? <laughs> Tom used to be like the coolest guy on the block. Now look. And James is just like, I can't stay long. Like, can we have like a quick chat? And Sandra was like, sure, just give me one second. And then he like goes and just talks to other people and like leaves James. Then this one, this guy, Brett, who's like a Tom Tom wait. Or like, oh, I'm glad you got his name because I didn't even know who the fuck it was. He got a lower third, but like, I don't know why. He just comes up and he's clearly also like a little drunk. He goes like to James and goes, hey, like, I wanted to talk to you about like, like what's going on. Like, um. Like the friend group situation, because Katie obviously like pushed me out, and James and his girls were like, "Who the fuck is this guy? Like what? Like why? Like James was like, get the fuck away from me! Like you fuckers are like, it's like you're zombies, like like trying to like crazy. Like I I can't for the life of me place a brat. No clue, no earthly clue who this man is. No idea. Anyway, sorry to this man. <laughs> James and Sandoval then go sit down. Um, and you know, like, I think Sandoval said, can we, you want to go outside? And she, and James like, let's just go over here. And it's the couch right by the door. Cause he knows he wants to leave. So James starts and goes, I feel like a big brother, you know, I feel like a big brother to me has kind of like gone lost. Like, cause I was kind of expecting a text, which never came. And Sandoval goes, I apologize for that. I should have. I was very overwhelmed. He's not looking at James at all, by the way, when he, he's like looking yeah. straight forward. James goes, yeah, but then I was, you know, talking about like, you know, months went by. There were so many opportunities. Like I've seen you as well on Instagram and you've been doing your thing and you know, you look fine. So <laughs> like yeah. you were so overwhelmed. And that's end of text. Sandoval goes, well, for what it's worth, I'm sorry. I didn't, you know, reach out to you and James cuts him off and goes, are you sorry for betraying me by having this affair with my ex fiance and then keeping me out of the loop of it? And you know, et cetera. While also simultaneously like Xing me out of the friend group and yeah. all of this. And also at the reunion claim, trying to then claim that they weren't friends. Right. Right. Keep that in mind with this whole thing. Sandoval goes betraying you. And James goes, yeah, like the ultimate betrayal. Sandoval goes, before I answer that question, and then James goes, it's a yes or no answer. I'm so glad James was like, no, it's yes or no. I don't need your spiel. Yeah. And, but because Sandoval wants to give his spiel, he goes, just want to say one thing. And this is why maybe I was so angry is because, you know, when you did that shit with Kristen and James just gets up and goes, you're not going to talk about 10 years ago. I'll stop you right there. And Sandoval goes, it's not 10 years ago. They flash on the screen 10 years ago. The clip just like, and it's just like, fuck off. Sandoval. I do not believe Sandoval gives a ounce of a shit anymore about the Kristen uh, thing with his condoms. He doesn't care. He is using it as an opportunity to re-victimize himself. But also like, why are you not over Kristen yet? Yeah, it's like... It's been 10 years. Yeah, and you hated each other. Literally, she was like, you, we should have broken up before we even got on this show. He then goes on on the after show, by the way, to essentially say, well, with the James thing with Kristen, like, he was like my roommate for a little bit, and then we were going to start a band, and then he just stayed and fucked Kristen. He didn't even like Kristen. I actually loved Rachel as if to say 
because he actually loved Rachel, which I don't even believe he did, but that he actually loved Rachel, that is more justifiable than James just fucking Kristen. And you don't understand why people think you aren't taking accountability. But also you are holding this grudge against James when James slept with Kristen after y'all broke up. Yeah. Y'all weren't together. But Jax fucks Kristen while y'all are still together. And you're fine with Jax. Yeah. Exactly. And also, you were allowed to hold this grudge for 10 years, allegedly. Because allegedly you were holding this grudge even though you went on vacations with him, even though you paid for his engagement to Raquel. All, you were holding on to this grudge for 10 years. And it is valid for you to be angry at James in this moment, 10 years later. It is valid for you to want an apology and be upset with him 10 fucking years later. But we are three months past this being unveiled and you're like why doesn't everyone move on i don't understand why ariana's being so petty james gets up and goes god you're such a fuckhead you got so much growing up to do tom still it's sad to me and i was like "Ooh, james get him sandoval goes so you want me to take accountability but not you won't for what she goes, James goes, it's embarrassing, Tom. I'm not even going to entertain what you just said. Sandoval then goes, it's very narcissistic of you to say that. Oh, fuck off. He, knew, he was waiting. He doesn't know what that word means. He doesn't know what that word means, but he wanted to say it because he knows that's what he's being told that he is all the fucking time because it's fucking true. You're a fucking narcissist. Also, to act like these are the same thing when... When this happened, James was 21. And you're basically a child. And you were 40. You were 40 when this happened. You're a grown fucking man. Like, there's a 20 year difference here in ages. <sighs> James says this confessional Tom wants to go ahead and bring up the past. You know what? I'm looking for apology for the now. Nothing makes it okay for him to be lying to my face for six months, outcast me from the entire group, make me seem like I'm crazy, all because he just wanted to get his dick wet. <laughs> yeah. So perfect. And then James decides, he goes, is it illegal to piss on someone's bush and like goes and pees on his fucking front bush and Allie going, it's Ariana's bush too, James. <laughs> Fantastic. Fan fucking tastic. That was Vanderpump rules. Just fucking like, I get, I'm, I'm, Oh, I'm antsy, but that means it's good. <laughs> like it's, it's good that I'm just so full of rage. Uh, <laughs> let's go on now to Beverly Hills, which it's, I'm, very less rageful. This was slightly a bit of a filler episode, I gotta say. Like, it, it was, there's good stuff in it, but it's like, it definitely felt like not much happened in this, like, tail end of the Spain trip. Um, sure, I, I will say not much happens, uh, but I, I simultaneously feel like a lot happens. Yeah, well, sure. Like, I think, I think the characters and their sort of personal stories, like, a lot is happening with them. Don't get me wrong. I think this episode, like, is kind of solidifying, like, like the final parts of solidifying Sutton as 
the new it girl. We were saying this. Like, she is in now, like, the top echelon of, like, Beverly Hills Housewives. Yeah. And she was so, I was telling you, she was so good on Watch What Happens Live. She's so much more, like, sure of herself. Yeah, I mean, it's like, what's her friend's name? Mm, that, that narrows it down. The one on this episode. The, her friend. You talking about Trevor? Trevor. Oh. It's like Trevor was saying a couple episodes ago where, like, I you're just so much more sure of yourself. Yeah. You're so much more comfortable in your skin. You know, she really has become a lady. Yeah. I agree. Uh, Kyle is still checking on Sutton. That's how we left like the last episode. But Trevor stops by because they're going to do the ceremony uh, for Mercer's ashes. Um, <laughs> like tr- they're trying to put the ad- they're moving the ashes from the Ziploc bag into the box, and like some of it gets down, and he goes, "No, don't put it in your hand." Like because she's trying to do like the sweep into the hand, and then like, <laughs> that is the least of his concerns by the end of this episode. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean like a little Merce on the hand is better than like you know. Murs on the whole back of your dress. Um, yeah. Trevor uh, says hi to the ladies as they're about to leave. She goes, he goes, my friends were so happy to meet you all. And Garcelle goes, even Erica. <laughs> and he goes, especially Erica. And Erica looks at her like, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but Erica, you knew you were fucked up at that. <laughs> oh, she was like a sheet to the wind. It was awful. Yeah. They but get, also very entertaining. Very entertaining. They get in the Sprinter van to head out. Trevor's telling him, there's like a whole gay strip up there with all sorts of gay bars. There's this whole cave that you have to swim to for people to hook up. And then they get to talking about that. Because Sutton says, I hear it's bear week. I kind of like bears. And Trevor goes, I do too. <laughs> and then, but then, well, most of them don't know what a bear is in terms of, but Eric has to be like a fuzzy gay man with a lot of hair and muscles. And it's like, but then she, and she's breaking out like otters and like fucking. But Trevor, good on Trevor for also mentioning, hey, it's not just muscles. And Erica goes, goes along the slim route, but Eric, Trevor was very heavily hinting. Yeah, no, most bears are fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of built in to the, yeah yeah like look at a bear there's muscle but there's a lot of fat and then fucking Garcelle like putting Andy Cohen's business all out on Front Street because she like it was on her podcast it was already on Front Street sure she's like I had Andy on my podcast and I said to Andy are you a top or a bottom and he goes I'm a powerful top Garcelle do you believe that yeah you think he is I don't think he's a power top. I think he's a good old blouse. No, he is. You're right. He is a, he's at the very least a top, like that scene in the bathhouse that someone filmed of him where he has the guy on his lap. Like that's, Oh yeah. That's top behavior. Um, and then she's like, and then my friend goes, I'm a blouse. And like, I guess they had never heard the whole thing of like, if you're a feminine top, like, right. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I love, I just love anytime gay culture is like, implemented on these shows and sort of talked about in a way that's, yeah. Honestly, make Trevor the center of a Bravo, uh, gay yeah. housewives show. He'd be great. Yeah, he'd be awesome. He's really funny. Um, they're walking up to the ledge for to do the the ceremony for Mercy's Ashes. Kyle is like distracted by the shop. There's all these like little tiny like sort of like table shops or whatever like mm-hmm. outside, and she's just leaning forward. And Garcelle's like, "Kyle, Kyle, get back!" <laughs> Kyle's literally like, "I just I need to take a moment to rest. <laughs> I need to lay down." <laughs> and Sutton's like joking me like, "Okay, like I can see you're all prepping mentally and emotionally for the ceremony." So she's they kind of talked in the after show Sutton seemed like actually Sutton was like kind of annoyed by them yeah being like oh let's do our shopping bit 
like right like like i get it it's a bit but also this is not the time right yeah and even garcel was like we could have been better um they all are looking out into the ocean sutton talks to them about like she's like thank you guys for putting up with me <laughs> which i was like oh no stop you don't have to apologize fuck At them if they, fuck them if they don't put up with you and she's tearing up and telling them a lot about like what kyle she had told kyle about like it like her dad being wrapped up in this and her marriage and all that stuff and like how it's like multiple meanings for her and she's letting everyone go today and so like yeah it just i again like i think like we said it a lot last week but it was just like Sutton's story is like so moving and powerful and really really special um so Sutton's like okay let's let the let's let the ashes out and she's like you know i want to throw it a good distance and then she throws them out and uh, as soon as it does there's a big gust of wind and it just pushes all the ashes like oh god oh no okay Uh, having flashbacks to sonia with her dog oh god it's on the sidewalk (laughs) there he is there he is he's on the sidewalk (laughs) she goes sorry girls and crystal's like it's all over crystal's back Erica in confessional said, I do not know this man. I do not want to taste this man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, but I mean, like you, you talked, I mean, Erica, you love dance. A little Merce Cunningham to go with you. It's fine. <laughs> but also, if y'all hadn't have been fucking around by the shops, would she have thrown it before that gust of wind got there? Yeah. Exactly. I, I also really love because I was like, oh, God, this like sentimental moment might just be ruined. But like Sutton takes it with such stretch. He goes, that's the way the wind blows. <laughs> um, they say goodbye to Trevor, uh, who's heading off. And they all then do their individual releases where they have the. He flop. wouldn't go fuck all them bears. Yeah. He's like, I saw that cave I was telling you about. Like, <laughs> I'm going to dive right off of here and swim to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they do their like individual releases, right? Where mm-hmm. they have their flower um, necklaces that they throw into the ocean, essentially. Um, Garcelle says, you know, what I like to let go of is feeling alone a lot. And she cries. And it's um, a, we hear more about like the fact that her dad kind of abandoned her when she was three. And so she feels like it really informs a lot of the way in which she operates nowadays. Like she says, if I have to be alone until I find the right person, I'm willing to do that. But it doesn't mean I don't feel lonely sometimes. Right. And we have had, I, I, as much as we've gotten the storyline with Sutton dating this season that I've liked, I want to see Garcelle dating more too. And I want to like, you know, see that explored. Cause I do think like she is, you know, I think her mentality is weirdly, healthy because you don't need a man right like you right you like you should want to be with the perfect partner for you who you undoubtedly love not just somebody who you think you need to be with to you know right present as happy she so, wants someone to be there that she wants to be there not because she needs someone there yeah and i also think it'd be good to like explore some of that stuff with like her father and stuff like that like the the dynamic um, Crystal talks about her brother moving to Thailand and how that's, you know, impacting her and she cries as well. Um, Anna Marie says, I, Anna Marie's was really vague about like just wanting to be happy in her home life and, and all that stuff. She tells a story though on the after show about how her, uh, birth mother like gave her up essentially and then didn't want any like ability for Anna Marie to like contact her afterwards and like go listen to it. Cause it's actually, I mean, it's very interesting. I would have loved to hear about it on the season. Yeah. As someone who hasn't gotten a lot from Anna Marie other than esophagus, she, esophagus, esophagus. Yeah. It's like, to me, I th- it's like, did she not open up about it? Was it cut? I don't know. Like, yeah, 
It just seems strange. Um, Dorit goes and she goes, the PTSD that I live with, I can't guarantee that I'm going to leave it here, but I'm certainly going to try. I, 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 I don't mean to joke about her PTSD because I do think it's real. Do it like, but I like the way that PK is acting as if like Dorit plays it up, like for her to be like, I don't think I'm going to leave it here, but <laughs> I just wanted to remind you all that I have it. <laughs> just in case PK acts, acts like a dumb idiot <laughs> next time I need to use it. Okay. Then it's Erica's turn. <laughs> she saunters up there and uh, slowly gives a reverently real, almost really pageant turn. Just like, like she, like what she said that first episode of that, like I'm a performer Dorit. Like she was going to be uh-huh. that performer here. She goes, I'm here to let this go in representation of all the hurt the last two and a half years that I feel many of you have contributed to. And I'm like, Oh God. Okay. Um, <sighs> she goes, I have turned a new page in my life. I always knew I would. So my hurt, my anger, my old life. And then she just tosses it like, like, like huzzah. <laughs> The uh, the other part, the part of the I always knew I would, because she keeps reiterating this, like, I knew it, and you weren't listening to me, that I was innocent. And it's like, no, no one wanted you to be guilty. No one wanted you to be guilty. There is so much that she is not saying, and she may not even be aware of, mm. that is wrapped up in this fight with everyone else Yeah, that happened the last two years. And I really wish, I hope through therapy, she gets to what is pretty clear to me um, is actually going on. But like, girl. Yeah. You got to work it out. Like nobody was coming for you. I get that you th- felt that way you right. felt like you were under attack on all fronts i understand feeling that way and i think that that's valid to feel that way but i also think that now in retrospect you need to be able to look back and say the girls just wanted answers yeah and they had a like they had a right to like i get it's part of the other thing it's, like you're on reality television you're going through something horrific i get that I get not wanting to go through that on national television, but you're here. Yeah. So you kind of have to play along. Right. And put it out there. Um, But let's not act like the whole earrings thing was about someone trying to say you were guilty. Yeah. No one was trying to say that. They were saying, have some empathy for these other people. I also understand her side of it where I think this is what she needs to acknowledge was that everything had been taken from her. Yeah. Like she was literally having her life crumble around her. And this was one thing that she could hold on to. And then somebody snatched that away from her too. That's that's a way better thing to talk about that would gain sympathy, I feel. I understand that. I understand having this one last thing. Yeah. And saying, I'm not giving this up. I get that. That's emotional. I can connect to that. And I can see you struggling with it. But you're not talking about it. Yeah. 
Garcelle says, Eric Professional, I'm jarred by what Erica's saying right now. If we caused her pain, it's maybe showing her the mirror when we felt that she wasn't not, when we felt that she was not compassionate. Like, it's, again, it's not, it's not the, like, everyone thought you were innocent. Or at the very least, hoped that you were innocent. Maybe not always thought, but hoped that you were innocent. I, I do think it's a little bit, maybe in the season that it was happening was that first season. I think last season they were right to hold up the mirror. But I think in that first season, right, it really needed to be less about trying to get her to be compassionate because I think every single one of them would have reacted the same way that she did. Yeah, and maybe that's maybe that's one part that they can accept in that regard. You know, and I, mean? I think that that's what Crystal does right after this, right? Yeah, because she apologizes to Erica, and she doesn't apologize for everything, but she apologizes that she caused her pain, right? And I think that that's a valid thing to apologize for. Yeah, that makes sense. Kyle says, "You know, I want to let go of," and she's crying. She goes, "The guilt of thinking that I could have done something different with and for Loreen." With my sister, with the group, I was like, you're right about the Lorene thing. Not the other two. The sister and the group, you could have done stuff differently. Uh-huh. Like, Lorene, yes, you, you shouldn't hold any idea that you could have stopped it or could have, like, fixed things. No. Like, right. that's not on you to carry. The other stuff, go back to your therapist. Just saying. Um she says uh, that it's weird. Kyle talks in a confessional, like, it's weird not sharing with them, like, the worries I have about my marriage. But when I'm ready to share it with everyone, I will. Okay. Like, again, I think that's in most ways valid. Like, whether or not, like, that doesn't stand on the show, that's one thing. But, like, you know, yeah, that I can resonate with. But, like, you have to also vocalize that. And you can't be mad when people ask questions. I also just, it's so weird to me. When you're actively showing and holding scenes with Mo about your marriage falling apart. Right, but you're not telling them. But you're not telling them. So it's like you're saying, well, I will know by the time that this airs that I will be sharing this with everyone. Yeah, they're going to find out eventually, I guess, but, you know. It's just, you know, like, if it was real... If you really weren't ready to talk to people about it, you wouldn't be ready to film it either. Yeah, that's fair. Garcelle tells, they, well, they all group hug and Garcelle tells Sutton, you're stronger than you think. Like, who the hell are you? And Sutton goes, I'm just a woman with a freaking horse. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. That, uh, that's not what I would say, but sure. Um, they all head back to the bus and they go, uh, they're getting to glam for the evening. Um, Erica's talking in her glam squad about like what she said. This is after Crystal apologized or whatever, but like Erica tells what she said at the service. She goes, would I have liked a moment for them to say in light of everything that we've seen, we pushed it in a weird way. And it's like, eh, whatever. And the MUA who's like working on her goes, sometimes they have a hard time with apologies. I, maybe this MUA doesn't like know this, but it's like, the people that Erica's mad with also, I think, do a good job typically at apologizing. It's usually Erica's friends and Erica who aren't great at apologizing. Yeah. I also think that this MUA just wants to keep her job. Sure. Like, basically, like, tell her what she wants. But, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean like, yeah. Like, Erica couldn't really even apologize to um, fucking uh, uh, Crystal last year for the um, 
the eating disorder stuff. Like, remember how bad that apology was? Ugh. Like, th- like you don't need to critique other people's apologies. Sorry. Um, yeah, God, it's like, it's crazy. Um, Kyle is FaceTiming with the girls and they're, ch- and Kyle's like, okay, but like who's eating with like dad and Portia? Are you guys like at the house? Are you going to the house? Kyle's is a professional. I feel like because we've been going through this hard, you know, really hard. I'm more sensitive to how Mo is feeling and how the kids are feeling. Maybe the kids. That's not reading. You're not really sensitive to how Mo is feeling. I mean, if that's the case, it's just not showing up on camera. Not when you're playing games with your tattoos. Like I just, I'm not getting that. Yeah. Um, the ladies all meet together before they go out and they were all tasked to dress in red, except Kyle decides to go with orange because the red dress apparently was not going to work out for whatever reason. Then why did you bring it? Sure. It blends enough. Like it, like I looking at it from most part, I didn't, unless she told me until she told me, I could have thought it could be red when it's like mixed with everybody else. It depends on the lighting. Yeah. In that, uh, space where the, they were doing the flamenco dancing. Yeah. It basically blended in, but like on the street, it was day glow orange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Sutton goes, do you know, miss emoji? Like, cause she's like, I sent text messages with the emoji lady, the, which the they showed. <laughs> Um, they're all, they're having to walk to the fucking vans and they're on cobblestone in this house. And Dorita's fucking struggling with her fucking shoes, which are $2,500 Dolce and Gabbana's, which like, again, like this whole like money flaunting is not like fooling anyone. Sorry. Yeah. It's honestly proving otherwise. Mm-hmm. They're heading out to dinner, and in the car, Anna Marie asks Sutton if she'll get married again. They're just, like, casually talking about, like, relationships. And Sutton goes, it's not happening. Garcelle goes, I don't think I need the paper. I work so hard, I want to leave what I can for my kids as opposed to splitting it with a man. Like, yeah. Which makes sense. Like, I think, you know. And Erica's like, why don't you fuck him up and leave him with all your problems like mine did? <laughs> it's like, okay, change the subject. Like, Didn't we just release all of this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That but, was supposed to go over the cliff with Merce. It is left in the ocean, Erica. <laughs> uh, Garcelle uh, says, do we know what the paperwork is that we're signing for, though? Like, do we know what our partner's really doing? And Kyle is, like, sort of, like one ways about this like discussing with Anna Marie like do you like read everything because Kyle's like sometimes I just sign it and like Sutton's like absolutely fucking not she says in her confessional no we are going back to marriage 101 do not sign any document without reading it I don't care if you are married to the Pope do not sign the Pope's document it's like have none of you heard of you know a, a little a little show um, called Real Housewives of New Jersey. <laughs> Have you heard of a little girl named Teresa Giudice? Who literally went to jail for exactly this. Did you see Emily from She Speaks, or now she, uh, she's speaking, um, post, like, she, she posted a clip of this and she was like, does it feel like Kyle's, like, trying to get ahead of something by saying this? Yep. Because Kyle even says, like, yeah, Mauricio, like, pays for everything. Like, you know, like, isn't there, because isn't there some weirdness with the agency? Like, he's getting sued for something, right? I don't know. I can't remember. But, like. I, I think I remember something about a lawsuit. 
Yeah, it's like I think she definitely just like wants to get ahead of it and like sort of like yeah. just be like, yeah, you know, financially independent. Uh, <laughs> Uh, they arrive at uh, Pablo Espanol and they meet up with Manolo again, who uh, they saw last time. And he shows them to di- the dinner place with their flamenco dancing is happening. Uh, Kyle's like, it's not like I can get, get up there and do it like a split or anything. Could you imagine if she fucking split on this stage with all, all, around all these people? Absolutely not. That would be so goddamn embarrassing. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, Dur- oh, Manolo goes before they go in. Goes, do you want to make a toast, a Spanish toast? And immediately, Dorit goes, "Salud, amor." And he cuts her off and goes, "No, you repeat after me." <laughs> I've some people were online were like trying to. I, I get so irritated with her, like throwing out this really bad Spanish. Um, like <laughs> Kyle calls her on it later, but like Cause she says she ordered when they order drinks in the restaurant, she goes, una Coca-Cola normal. <laughs> it's like, fuck off. It's like, it would be one thing if like, we didn't know that everything about Dorit was fake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like we do. So this feels like fake. She constantly like. It's so demeaning the way that she speaks in other languages. Yeah, it's just like giving white lady and like it really is. Yeah. It it comes off less like you know speaking to someone in the language that they speak and more like um can I have un guacamole? Poor favor. Poor favor and one burrito. <laughs> Del Grande. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. this really shitty, broken, it's like awful. Awful. So bad. Um, Anna Marie asks everyone what their favorite part of the trip was, and they're all saying different things. Erica goes, It's been a long time since I felt relaxed and good on a trip. I mean, think about last year's trip. And Kyle goes, Where were we? And she has Bitch. to go, Aspen. Like, you don't remember Aspen? Like, I remember Aspen, and I wasn't even there. Sure. Erica goes, look, we're not going to go home Pollyanna and say everything's fabulous. However, it was much more positive of an experience than I had in a long time. And then Anna Marie goes, Erica, earlier today when we were doing the things that we wanted to let go of, there was something cryptid to me because I don't know the histories. And you were like, bullshit. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Like, I will give Anna Marie this of like. Yeah, it's a good way to bring up the topic because you want to discuss it at this table. Like, as far as a, if you wanted a, a producer, like a producer's dream of like having somebody do that, like she executed in that regard. But like, girl, you watch the show. Stop. Like, clearly, we know. Um, Erica goes. The last few years, I felt mischaracterized and misunderstood. And the morning when my appeal was reversed, I knew. When everybody told me no, I was like, I know this is right. And those things will always hurt. It's like, again, it's not about you being right. It's not about like, like the legal, like no one was like, I don't know how to even explain it to her. Like it's, she, it's going to take her a lot longer before yeah. she can look at this objectively. And they seem to get into it more next episode, too, in that preview. So it's yeah. like, yeah. Garcelle goes, at Eagle Woman's Retreat, you said that you weren't sure if you trusted this group. Are you feeling more trust? And Erica goes, I feel more relaxed. Trust is earned over time. Which, fair, fine enough. Um, but Garcelle seems like somewhat, like, 
moved because in her confessional, she sees how deeply Erica was affected. She goes, although we were asking questions, I thought she understood why we were asking questions. We wanted to see her side and see some compassion and empathy, but we could have done it differently or just moved on. Right. And that's, and I, I think it somewhat echoes like how we were talking about Lala needed to stop giving Ariana advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And stop like drilling her about why she's doing this and that and the other thing. I get this is different because, again, like they brought up two seasons ago when this started. Two, three? Two seasons ago, yeah. Um, There was the, you know, the fact that some of them have given her money. Some of them have, you know, like there was potential for this to blow back on the rest of them. Right. So there was a certain level of question asking that needed to happen, but at a certain time they needed to let it go and support their friend. Yeah. And I think that if they, if they had done that, Erica would never have had the issues with them that they had. Yeah, probably. But I also understand why they were asking questions because it wasn't lining up. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I'm on both sides of this. Right. Sutton says that she wants to make a toast to Erica. And she goes, now, some of us didn't receive door invitations to your show, <laughs> which they, I forgot that Erica, like for Rena and like Kyle and stuff like that. She did these like with like burlesque dancers and all that. She goes, but I want to congratulate you on your residency because I know it's a big deal for you. And I'm like, oh, God, they're going to use that against Sutton when they bring up the $7 comment, which wasn't even her comment, by the way. But, like, whatever. So you said Kyle. Who else was that that you mentioned? Kyle, uh, she who shall not be named Voldemort. (laughs) Oh, okay. Because I I just, I only remember relevant people, so I wasn't sure who that was that you were speaking of. Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, Sutton says, and I know that we will all be there. And Erica goes, yeah, you're totally invited. She's like, you know, I got a lot of support on Broadway. You chartered the plane. And Erica says, Erica Fessel, you know, you're invited. I'm not going to invite everyone, but you come on. I'm like, Erica, I thought it was valid that she asked that. Cause it's not obvious that she would be getting an invitation. She did kind of lead the charge of. The questioning of Erica Jane. Well, I don't, but for one of her shows, like the only, they had one of her like live shows and or for her residency and like Kyle, Rena, and Dorit were there, but like they were, and they were like invited on stage at one point to have like sexy models grind on them or whatever. But like, I didn't see the other half of this cast. So, hmm. you know, maybe something looking at yeah. The ladies get up on stage to do their flamenco dancing that they learned uh, previously, and they're all nervous about it. Sutton, as For good reason. Yeah. as It's fine. Uh, as they're doing it, Sutton, again, does this, like, she does it, like, for, like, a minute where she talks about, like, we actually really like each other. Like, we're actually good friends. When we bond and we learn about each other, we grow. It, again, it, like we said before, it's one of those things of just, like, oh, my God, now that Rena's not here. Yeah. Like, and I, I, I understand people being like, that's nice, but I want fighting and I get that. But I also think you need to build a bond with the group to make, we'll get some Miami. Miami does this perfectly. Yes. Like we're at a point where the cast is, is sort of, sort of divided and Beverly Hills, I think is in a recovery period where you have to build the bonds again. Right. And you know, 
because if you continue just like this, it's going to turn to Potomac and it's going to be bad. So, right. you know, I think it's vital. Uh, we go back to Beverly Hills after the trip. Oh my God. We can, those shoes that Garcelle got in the mail that she had ordered, they're $1,800. Hideous. Garcelle, I love you, but like, man, like. Uh, also, that is a plastic strip and some plastic little gemstones. Why are you paying more than eight ninety nine for those? It's crazy. Eight dollars and ninety nine cents. Those gems came out, out off of. Do you remember in the nineties? They had these calculators that had like gemstones as the buttons. Yep. They popped them bitches right <laughs> off of that calculator and stuck them on these goddamn hideous ass shoes. No, they're bad. Sorry, awful. You overpaid. This is like what? What was that? Um, uh, there was like a uh, uh, a computer game where you matched the gems. Yes, yeah, jeweled something. Bejeweled. 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 It's giving bejeweled. It's giving bejeweled. <laughs> yeah, no, it's bad. giving Lisa Frank bejeweled. Craziness. Yeah. Um, we Dorit stops by Kyle's house, and so they sit down to sort of talk and chat. Dorit goes, "How are things with you and Moster?" I've never heard him called that before, and it's like. No, let's not make that a thing. At all. <laughs> Kyle goes, it's good. You know, I've been seeing a therapist and Mo has joined in. Kyle gets into sort of more of the details of the issues, like in terms of that. She goes, we never fight. We don't get into fights. But the bad side of that is that you're not communicating. So something will bother us and we'd rather be peaceful and just like not deal with it, which I think is valid more than yeah. I think about it. I think both of them exhibit that to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think they're like confrontational but also this like angry, not actually confronting the issues, but throwing barbs at each other shit that you've been doing all season, right? Is also not the way to handle it. Sure, it's it's not healthy. Um, Kyle goes. I almost think like he feels like Kyle give. She says in her confessional, like you know, I'll give Kyle some time. She'll get over it and she'll be fine. But I'm telling him like it's more than that. And she talks about, like, him expanding the agency, and they do this flashback to a couple of weeks ago where, like, she he wanted her to go to, like, this agency event, like, because you would bring your partner, et cetera. And she's like, yeah, I'm just too tired. She's like, you don't have to come. But he, she's almost like, you know, when you're not tra- – when you're traveling, when it's all about travel and agency events and stuff like that, and when even those moments you don't have time together, it's like, what are we doing? Like, you know, we have – like – we don't just have moments to just sort of like do things other outside of that where we can bond and like, you know, have intimate time. Sure. I do feel like if you are that starved for time with your husband, then you make time, even if that means going to an event that you're too tired to go to. Yeah. You got to both put in the effort. Right. And and I, I, in the same way, I would say he should reschedule things to right. be there for you for Lorene's thing or for like, you know what I mean? Like right. it's a two way street. Like he doesn't have to go to all the galas. It's fine if he skips one and stays home with you. Yeah. Kyle says specifically, she goes, I would see him like on the phone worried about the agency. It's like his child and he would do everything that he could, all of his energy to fix that. So I'm like, if we're having an issue, why can't you give that energy that you give to the company? And she says, they're professional. I supported him through everything since day one when we had nothing, when he had nothing, which also felt like Ariana saying that to Sandoval in a way. Yeah. But, but which, I, I know it's different scenarios, but. But I also feel like it's a little disingenuous for her to say, you know, like, 
this thing that he is putting all of his time and effort for the sole reason of taking care of his family right. is not him taking care of the family. Sure. It's I, like, I, I need you to also understand the fact that everything he pours into the agency is for you. Right. But she says, and she says also, and when I told him we were in trouble and I need you to work through this with me, I needed to feel like I was a priority. So it's, I understand what you're saying, and I agree. Like, th- that is contributing to the household. That is giving you a lifestyle and a life that you want. And Especially because men so much in our society have this, pr- have this pressure to be the financial breadwinner. And right. it's like the, the pressure of the finances are on men. And that's not okay. Like, it shouldn't be that way. It should be equal across the board. Yeah. You know, like, however you guys divide things, right? But, like, that doesn't change the fact that he spent his entire life thinking it is my responsibility to have a roof over our heads. Especially when, I hate to say it. You haven't actually been working that much sure. in the last decade or so. She always says that she's busy, and I when she, like they were showing clips of it, and I was like, "What is she busy with?" No offense, like I don't like she's not opening like those stores anymore, or like you know, I that maybe that's just me. I don't know, but like maybe she's doing more acting stuff too, and you know, maybe but, I mean she was you know I doing a bit part on ER for a while back in the nineties. <laughs> you really are ca- caught up on that. I finished it. I'm now watching Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Um, but she, I understand her being like, you know, like, if I'm telling you, like, I'm a squeaky wheel and I need grease. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that, that is as vital. You know what I mean? And so, like, I, I, I can understand that to a certain extent. Yeah. I, I would love to hear from Mo because all we're getting is her side and there are two to three sides to every story. I wonder if he's going to be at the reunion. I wonder. I would hope so if it's such a vital storyline. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. But that was Beverly Hills for this week. Like I said, a little bit of a filler episode, but still pretty good stuff. Yeah. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of Real Housewives of Miami. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling ramp. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 
100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay in His Envy. Let's head on down to Mexico City where the ladies take pride in being messy on Real Housewives of Miami. Real Housewives of Miami for this week. We said in the intro of this podcast, this is a fucking amazing episode. I love, so good. I love this episode so fucking much. It's so, it's so great from top to bottom. It, 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 starting with wild, wild terror. Yeah. Can I, Miami is not getting the respect it deserves as a franchise. I'm sorry. Not just from the fan base, from Bravo. Bravo's been doing them fucking dirty. They're never putting them on Watch What Happens Live. They're like, you know, doing weird shit with the reunion scheduling and like, no, like this shit is gold. Like, honestly, I would much rather them wait until Beverly Hills is over and then run bet it all on blonde after that. Yeah. I don't need to see the, this in place of Miami on, because it just to peek behind the curtain, it also throws shit off for podcasters. Yeah. It's great. Thanks guys. Awesome. So, I mean, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. So, Oh my God. So we come in and we just came from the boats with the, them arriving at the Island of the dolls and how fucking chaotic that shit was. The intro music is just, they show the, the, the shot of all the women like in the intro package. And then it's just a like, like (laughs) screeching, like horror movie sound. It's awful. It is so awful. And honestly, fuck whoever decided to come to this place. I mean, but also think, I mean, fuck you for what you did to Julia. I'll say that. But like, as far as like everything else, this was, I was the wildest thing I've ever seen on housewives. It's crazy. Cause Bunkers. It, so they're wanting to get off, but there's like, they're like, Oh God, there's more babies. And it's just like shots of just like baby dolls and just like crazy shit hanging up. Alexia has to try to, you know, figure this out. She goes, so listen, I know it's disturbing, but there's like history there and it's part of like the culture. And Nicole's like, no, no, I'm happy to hear the story. I just don't want to necessarily like want to submerge myself into like dead babies. Um, <laughs> but also like, did you realize that this was like an attraction that people go to? I don't know. I, Alexia could not have known about this. I cannot imagine. Even Marisol was like, what did Alexia book this? Like <laughs> her own friend was like, this is crazy. Like, like, but they were like walking through this place, which I thought it was just like some crazy person put this up no. and it was just in the middle of the woods. No, they pull up and walk these paths and then they walk into this building and jump scare there's some dude standing there it's <laughs> like holy fuck and what they don't, is that they don't introduce him we don't find out Nothing. his name like it's crazy and even marisol so marisol's like i gotta run through a sea of creepy dolls because i gotta go to the bathroom and so a bunch of them are and just then there's a bathroom why even go to the bathroom 
No, I will pee on the gators' heads. I'm not doing this. Marisol goes, it's like a Vincent Price movie. It's like a Mattel graveyard. Poor Trixie. But it's crap. But here's the thing. It, well, I also love, so like, they're like, oh God, my shoes are going to get stuck. Lisa's trying to help her. She's like, take your shoes off. And Lars goes, I don't want to walk on this devil ground. <laughs> I wouldn't either. That's bullshit. But like, it's not, the, the guy on the, the, what, David or whatever, the boat uh, driver, like made it seem like it was like, you know, what the, the story was. And like, oh, you're going to see like dolls hanging off from trees. No, it's like fucking everywhere in this place. Yeah. Like, and, and they they go into this room and there's baby doll heads in jars with like, what looks like, like specimen uh, jars. And it's like, why are they there? What is the point of that? Why do you, it's plastic. That you has nothing to do with the story. Also, they have, like, the babies interspersed with, like, just skulls. Terrifying. Marisol goes, oh, God, there's a doll in here for God's sake. There's a doll. There's dolls in the bathroom, apparently. Fuck that shit. And Marisol goes, and there's no toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking wild. Adriana says, you can smell the evil in the air. And the producer asks her, what does evil smell like? And she goes, like cat piss. <laughs> Oh my lord! So this, like you were saying, there was this random guy in the thing. Is Adriana's like looking through it, and he tells her like, "There's a lot of people who come here and do witchcraft, like I guess independently." <sighs> what like? And he talks about, but it's like he says like, "Yeah, they see that like the dolls' eye colors will change, and like nope. you'll hear sounds, mm -mm. and like there was." He says there was one where a woman saw that it like opened its mouth and was salivating. Uh, no, 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 no. Nope. Nope. that is enough to make me want to hang up my broomstick forever. It's wild. Adriana sees one of them and goes, "She looks like one of my friends." Oh my god! And they just photoshop Marisol's face on it. But then they they go from that to transitioning into. To the next scene which is literally Marisol in that same position and they slide the face over Marisol's head. The editing was so creepy on this too because there's like no music underlaying really. It's yeah. just really silent and like uh, uh, no. <sighs> Julia the rest of them are in the boat. Julia's like I mean okay so like she's trying to reason herself like she, okay someone put those dolls there so like they probably suffered a lot out of respect for that person okay I'll, I'll look really quickly and then she tries no. to look and then just starts like sobbing it's awful and then Alexia sobbing and Gurry sobbing and it's just like like Julia's <laughs> to the point where she's like hyperventilating about to have a fucking panic attack yeah it's like wild why are we here and Alexia is like, tell this man to take us. Can he, can he tell us to leave? And they're like, we're all here. Why isn't he leaving? Why is he like, they're like, oh, wait, Adriana's not here. <laughs> and they cut to Adriana. Just being, I, it's she's taking the slowest fucking time. And then she gets to that bridge thing and she's like stepping like gingerly. Like she didn't just walk across this thing to get there. She's like, I don't want to break my ankle. And Lars is yelling, Adriana, we're leaving you. <laughs> 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 Can you imagine if they left her? They could get one of the creepy ass dolls to dance for pride. I Fuck would, that shit. I would fucking swim. Like, <laughs> uh, Audrey is comforting uh, Julia and she goes, You didn't see anything. And Julia goes, No, I saw, but I just want to see ducks. <laughs> and they're like, Just show me ducks. Can anyone show me ducks? And then they're and, like, Ooh, is that a duck? No, it was a leaf. <laughs> <laughs> the editors literally point to it and say, Not a duck. 
it's like ups and downs. It's, it's, it is, the, again, so crazy the ups and downs. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm laughing and crying and, like, wanting to, like, throw up, like, in, like, succession. <laughs> it's wild. Marisol is like, are we having dinner at Graveyard tonight, Alexia? <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, like, they're, they're sort of, like, they're, they're gone from the island, right? And so they're they're in the boat still, and they're like, it feels better. Like, they're laughing. Like, oh, my God, that was so crazy. They're brave. And then off in the corner, Gertie is, like, dying. She's, like, her head is in her hands. Like, she's clearly fucking sick. They have to pull a, like, bucket that they had in the boat because they're pretty sure she's going to, like, puke or whatever. Like, she's, like, she looks like she's about to, like, just gag. She's trying her best. It looks really terrible. And they're checking on her. And it's just, like, they're tending. And Marisol goes, she needs quiet. She doesn't feel good, guys. She needs quiet. And then it's, like, okay, so it's quiet. It's, like, okay, Gertie can, like, you know, maybe get bearings of herself. We get, like, ten seconds of quiet. And then we get get this mariachi death barge. (laughs) And it's, like, oh, for fuck's sake. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. And then there's a dog barking off of one of the boats. And they're like, oh, for fuck's sake. Nicole's like, you guys, the mariachi's got to go. She feels like shit. Like, no. like. <laughs> and she's like, again, but Gertie is like genuinely like puking in this bucket. And it's like intense and crazy. They're like, we got to get her off this boat. Like, we got to like dock back off. And so they're, they, they get back to the dock and they're helping Gertie and like trying to like get her like, you know, seated and like together as everyone is tending to gertie we just see in the boat lisa going did anyone see a lip gloss by chance and she's like looking through the like god damn it like like lisa she is so out of touch i'm sorry yeah i i'm i'm past the point of like giving her like a pass in terms of this like i i just wild your friend is like dying and she's like taking selfies and fucking like also, I'm just trying to think through the logic. So, this mariachi band just randomly floats around the these I think rivers. It was sketch- I think they scheduled it for like, like what the fuck is go- like? We're not supposed to like see the production happen, right? Right. We're not supposed to see them just schedule a mariachi band. So we're to believe that they're just these pirate mariachi bands out the out there, you know braving the the doll infested waters yeah i i don't understand i don't understand no the, the gertie's like they they have her seated at like a bench but she's like puking and she it's, oh, yeah. it's like intense nicole's they're like they're like nicole what do we do like you know because she's a doctor Nicole's like like something with like electrolytes can you can she's like can you drink a little something with like sugar and salt and like you know whatever marisol goes let's get her a milkshake there's a milkshake over there and they're like no marit like no not a milkshake stop no we don't need the boys in the yard this is the same woman on ultimate girls trip who just wanted to chase it with more alcohol like she also ended up in needing to go to the hospital right oh we'll talk like okay so then like they're like oh god what happens we see 10 minutes later and they're loading gertie into an ambulance like because they were like something's wrong can we talk? What is I? I don't want to sound like Bethany Frankel. What is happening on Housewives Girls Trips? What is happening? So we had, um, Gertie. We had fucking uh Kenya. We had Marisol. We had Crystal. Uh, Crystal recently. Like, uh, I, I mean, I know that this wasn't production related, but Candy was also sick as hell on the way to Portugal. Yeah, it's like, what is, is it just they're not getting enough water? 
gotta be like, something. I, oh my god, like it's crazy. Oh, and Meredith got sick in yeah. Bermuda. Like, th- there's no way this is just happenstance. Like, I, I just, I wild. So, and I will say, I loved, so Nicole's like holding Gertie's hand like the entire time as they're loading her into the ambulance and she gets in with them. And she, and for anyone that thought Anna Marie was like using her doctor abilities to like help Crystal. No, Nicole is full on like, sort of like, she's almost leading them to like, you know, like, yeah. okay, you're going to inject the, do the vein uh, or the IV here and blah, blah, blah. Like she has, and she has such a good bedside manner. I yeah. like, she's clearly a friend to Gertie. So it helps, but it's like, she's, she was on top of it and they get her like injected with like the Sofran or whatever. It's just uh-huh. to stop the puking basically. And it's just, yeah, it's wild. But Gertie's just like, I want to talk to Russell and Nicole pulls up Russell on uh, FaceTime and she's just like, like, it was also sweet how immediately Gertie got better and just like, yeah. you know, their, their relationship is super fun. I and think, I think a lot of that had to do with the excitement over the, the dolls. Oh, uh, probably like it worked her and like with her going through the, the cancer treatments and all of that, you it's know, a lot. Like, it's very taxing on her system, and then to add this extremely stressful situation yeah. on top of that, I think, just overloaded her system. Yeah, and Nicole's like, now she's a new person. Like, she's she's up. Gertie tells Russell, Russell, stop looking worried. And Nicole goes, no, he's, like, laughing at you. <laughs> like, Honestly. It, it was really sweet. And, and I love Nicole also being the good friend, because at one point she goes, okay, so your ponytail is stuck in the blood pressure cuff. Like, how much of that ponytail do you love? And she's like, fine. It's like, like okay, yeah, she says cut it off. Like it's fine. It's a wig. Yeah, <laughs> Nicole's great. Like fantastic. Um, the next morning, they're all getting ready for Adriana's concert for the Pride event. I love Adriana being like, "Oh my god!" They say it's a hundred thousand people. That's like Beyonce level. Rihanna Super Bowl halftime. This is not anything like that. <laughs> it's not. There's like, and she says later, there's like two hundred thousand people there, but it. And it looks massive. Don't get me oh, wrong. Yeah. But it's like she's like one act in like sort of a rotation, yeah. clearly. Like, you know, it's still big for her. Still, you know, you, you, you look on your face. It just, it, girl, was your mic even on? I don't know what they showed on TV versus like it might, they may have like just overdubbed. I don't know. You know, and she had those big, we'll, we'll talk about, it, but like she, she had those big fucking like feathers that like I, that the wings or whatever, which I thought really hindered her because they look so heavy. But I also think maybe they were just like, okay, girl, you're not getting this choreo. So we're just going to cut your choreo. Yeah. I was like, where was the choreo other than the lift? Yeah. I, I feel like that's what happened is they realized she's not getting it. Let's make this look good. Let's make this look good. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Um, they're all getting ready. Kiki's FaceTiming her mom, who's with Kiki's kids, which I didn't even know Kiki had children. I want to know more about Kiki. Yeah, but she's a friend of, so I get why. Well, like, they, they better give her, they might give her a mojito next season because she stepped it fucking up oh, this episode. she clocked the fuck in. Kiki's great. <laughs> like, yeah, fantastic. Um, Julia's on the phone with Martina and she's talking about how she's been kissing all the other women, which Martina apparently is fine with. Um, Julia goes, I'm turning everyone into lesbians. And Martina goes, so you're going to get a toaster in the mail, which I didn't even know this thing about that. Oh yeah. The joke is that like, oh, if you turn someone lesbian, you get like a toaster. Well, it's, it's more of a, you know, like, well, you may not know the reference, but like it, 
it's like back in like the eighties or something. Like it used to be like a thing where if you, um, you know, and if you do this and you'll get a, you know, a toaster for free as a thank you gift. Oh, okay. You know, it, it's based on those. So gotcha. like the, if you get like five of your friends to sign up for time magazine, You'll you'll get a toaster. Oh it, God, it, those were the days. So that's what that's in reference to is if you turn five lesbians, then you'll get a, you know, you get a toaster. It's in your the punch mail. card. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, Lisa's getting ready. She's talking to her makeup artist. She goes, I can't believe what happened yesterday. I can't believe I had a juice box thrown at me. I'm like, oh my God. And this is not the last time she talks about it this episode. It's so exhausting. The, that juice box, man, it's just so triggering. I don't know, man. Like. I can't. I'm, I'm so tired. And she needs to, she, I've been giving her passes, I feel, for a good while on this season. Like, and I understand why, but like, I, it is like, okay, you're, you're in victim mode now. And it's like, you need yeah. to get out of that because it's not cute. Yeah. Um, I mean, and we've talked about it several times. Do I think it is important that she's exposing the bullshit that Lenny is doing? Yes. Yes. But I also do not think it is in her best interest to be on this show right now. Right. Probably. Um, Alexia tells Marisol that she spoke to Kiki. I didn't like Alexia telling, because Kiki's telling her everything. And Alexia goes, yeah, listen, like, you're both right and you're both wrong. No, they're not both wrong. No. Like, like, I get that it's the nice thing to say, but, like, Kiki's in the right. Sorry. Uh-huh. Um, Marisol goes, she needs to be ungrumped. And Alexa goes, I thought you said on grinder, <laughs> like Miss her. Yeah. Lisa needs to be on grinder. I don't think there's anyone on grinder for Lisa. Well, she needs some, ga- maybe she needs to vend it to the gays and then like call Trevor, call Trevor. Trevor would be a good ear. So get, get the connection with Sutton. We can get that worked out. Yeah, we got this. Um, they meet in the lobby to go to pride and Julia is in full, like pride colored everything. Like, like armbands and like makeup and like all that stuff. And then she has a sign that says Viva Adriana, but Adriana spelled wrong. <laughs> Someone later goes, it's the Russian spelling. <laughs> Larsa, that was Larsa. It's like, it's why it works. Even Larsa at one point even says the question, I think I know all my friends' social security numbers. Like I don't, I would know how to spell their name. It's like, I don't even know your social security <laughs> number. Like it's ridiculous. Is Larsa in on a scheme too? Is she going to I guess. jail with Jen Shaw? Um, yeah, God, it's it is crazy that Julia doesn't know how to spell Adriana's name. Um, they get, load up onto the Sprinter van to head out to Pride. Oh my God, Lisa is like as the, is the last one to enter because she's running a little late. And Lisa goes, "Should I sit over there?" And Marisol goes, "Oh, you don't want to sit next to Kiki?" <laughs> like just putting her shit out there, like just being like, "Call that shit out." And she goes, "Oh boy, monkey gave me a dirty look." <laughs> Jeez, Lisa's like you know trying to just. Uh, I don't know what she's trying to do. Let me like, she's trying to again, be a victim. They arrive at pride and Kiki has a moment like before they get off the bus where she tells Lisa, like, look, listen, like no matter what, like, I don't hate you, Lisa. Like, I really don't. I love you. Like trying to like, you know, make up. What is the first thing Lisa says? Just don't throw shit at me in that tone of voice. Like, okay. So what Kiki says at the end of this episode was being shown in previews. And every time we winced when they showed it, like, Uh oh no, Kiki, sorry, we were wrong. We should have gotten more information. Kiki was getting poked and poked and poked and she fucking bit back Uh and like rightfully, rightfully deserved. Cause Lisa was pissing me off this episode as much as she was pissing off Kiki. 
um, they uh, all file in for pride and we get Adriana's performance. It is kind of don't know what actually happened really with their it. It was giving RuPaul. Oh, very. Yeah. In the amount of choreography that she actually did and live singing. What again? I don't know. Cause well, Marisol is like, is she lip syncing or singing? Like what's going on there? I don't know what was for the show and what was live. Maybe it was better live. I don't know. But yeah, I, but also I don't mind lip syncing if you have choreo. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can't, but you can't not do choreo and then also lip sync. Yeah. RuPaul. RuPaul. Um, they all cheer for her when she gets off the stage and Marisol hugs her and goes, you killed it. And Adriana goes, now we're friends again. But yeah, like it's, I, I we tweeted about it on our, our Twitter. This is what we love about this franchise. Right. And this is what Potomac could fucking learn from. And it's because like, yeah, they feud. Yeah, they have, I mean, fucking like coming back from BravoCon, you heard the thing from coming back from BravoCon, Alexia and Adriana like fought in the airport apparently with no cameras, like just like had an argument like that shit is happening. Yes. But like I, I tweeted about it. There's never an attempt to ice someone out. There's never an right. attempt to be like, I'm going to f- kick, you know, get you off of this show and like bully you off the show. Basically like we're seeing on other franchises. Right. It's like, yeah, you can, and it, it just makes it so much better, I feel. Yeah. I believe that Miami, unlike I think any other show, any other of the franchises, I believe that Miami, at the end of the day, they are ride or die with each other. Yeah. They will go to bat for each other for the things that really matter. I don't believe that of Beverly Hills. I don't believe that. Uh, at, at least as the cast as a whole, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Not OC. I don't believe that of Salt Lake. I don't believe that of Potomac or Atlanta or New York or New Jersey. None of the other shows, Dubai, I don't believe that. Yeah. I believe that about Miami. And that's important because it's still real to us, damn it. Like, yeah. You know. And I believe that to, about Married to Medicine. Yes, 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 yes. And that's why those two shows are the best things on Bravo right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, they're getting ready to go back. They go back to the hotel because there's an after party on like the rooftop of the hotel they're staying at. Oh my God. Gertie's fucking outfit that she's wearing, which by I also love the, her like ponytail, like bubble thing hair that she's been doing lately with like, the mm-hmm, big. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great look on her, but also the hands over the outfit. <laughs> well, there's the ones up top that's on the pink, but it's kind of hard to see. There's also some on her hips yeah. that are backwards. Oh God. The thumbs are on the bottom <laughs> and it's like, but if they were on your hip, like the implication is they're from the back, right? Yeah. The thumbs would be on top. Okay. It's not <laughs> <really> confusing, <laughs> but still, I mean, a fashion choice. Yeah. And we'll get, we'll, I think we'll talk about it at the reunion. Also the fashion choices are bold on, on Miami in a way that I love. And I think Miami is the real fashion franchise. Not Beverly Hills. Yep. We'll talk about the reunion looks that were phenomenal. Oh, uh, I, uh, so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, they start uh, pre-gaming in Alexia's room because she has like a bar area. Lisa orders a skinny margarita and with no agave. And Alexia goes, yeah, in Mexico, we don't drink skinnies. Like, <laughs> like that's not what we do here. <laughs> and, and Erica Vessel, Alexia goes, a little bit of sugar is not bad for you. What about being allergic to Lenny? Why aren't you allergic to that kind of stuff that's actually bad for you? <laughs> 
get her. I'd love Alexia this season. Like, yeah, she's nailing it. Kiki then arrives and goes up to Lisa and goes, you know, I'm going to say hi to you, Lisa. Like, again, trying to break the ice. Lisa goes, are you going to throw any juice boxes at me? Now, she claims that she was joking. I was making a joke, but it's like you can't keep doing this. Like, you can't, like, get over the juice box thing. Yeah. Like, Kiki's like, oh, my God, stop this. Do you see me going around throwing drinks on people? Like, what do you, like, like, fuck off. Like, yeah. I'm trying to, like, move forward. Um, Kiki, uh, Larsa comes in, and then Kiki's telling Larsa, uh, what Lisa, because Lisa goes outside, Lisa, like tells Larsa about it. It's like, she keeps bringing up that like, I'm aggressive, you know? And like, you know, well, I'm going to throw stuff at her or whatever. Like she just keeps like digging. Julia has arrived at this point, right? Uh, well, she's about to, uh, Okay, but like Larsa says in her confessional, I think Lisa might be making it worse in her mind. She thinks Kiki was really aggressive towards her, but she was the one that really initiated it. So I do feel like she owes Kiki an apology. Um, this is a monumental moment on Bravo TV. Larsa is right about something. I wild. I, I was so dumbfounded that I agreed with Larsa on something. Yeah. I, it was just the, the clouds parted. Angels began to sing. Uh, it, it was, it was a moment. It's like, why can't you do this all the time? Yeah. It's not that hard. Uh, Lisa's talking to Nicole and Alexia outside. She goes, Kiki and I aren't great. So maybe she should, you know, just sit over there. Nicole goes, I don't think she likes that. You suggest that she's like violent or like that. She's aggressive. And I mean, like it's, it borders on that. Like nobody is saying it's racist, right? But it's the same conversation that we had on Beverly Hills. But we're just, you got to think about it also in the context of we're just coming off of the boat trip where Lisa kept being like, you assaulted me. You committed assault. You right. like, it's like, fuck off. Like it is giving Karen behavior. And so when you're reinforcing that over and over and over and over again, yeah, as a black woman, I would be really defensive about that. Yeah. Lisa's like, I'm making a joke about it. I'm trying to move on. And even Alexia goes, it's kind of passive aggressive. <laughs> like, like that's not how you yeah. do that. Julia walks in at this point and Julia goes free kisses. And Kiki goes, Oh, your vagina's out. Like she's like free kisses and free vagina. Apparently I didn't even hear about this. Yeah. Kiki, Kiki just spots that like a, like a hawk. <laughs> Julia is then by the bar as Kiki and Larsa are still talking. And so she's overhearing everything. Larsa goes, I'm your friend. Like talking about Lisa, I'm your friend and I listen to you, but I think other people have had enough. Kiki goes, everything is Lisa, Lisa, Lisa. And I'm tired of it. Lisa is fucking selfish for her to make that comment about people that live by the river. I lived that life. I didn't just get up and lay on my back and get fucked by a plastic surgeon and then boom, have millions. I was gobsmacked. Bam. My flappers were gasted. It's like, get her ass, Kiki. Get her ass. Oh, so good. But so Julia then goes, I'll see you guys outside. And then immediately goes out to Lisa's section. Lisa's like, I think that she should apologize. Referring to Kiki, which is crazy. And Julia goes, it's heating up there. I couldn't help but listen. She's saying things. She thinks that you're an entitled, spoiled girl. <laughs> Julia! I mean, those are not the words that came out of her mouth, but was that wrong? Yeah, but it's like, 
what Julia, I think going into this season, Julia's also had a great season this year. Yes. Because I feel like Julia said, I am not going to get critiqued anymore for being background. Right. If you need a bone carrier, I will be the fucking bone carrier. Right. Let me, like, good on her for pivoting because, like, I it's great. It's really great. And, like, so when they get back all together, Nicole tells them, Lar- Kiki and Larsa, that Julia told them everything. <laughs> and Kiki just goes, who's the big mouth of the group now? And it doesn't even feel like Kiki's mad. Like, it's Kiki's just like, yeah, it's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Mar- Marisol's not with them because she's also sick. She's been, like, throwing up as well. It's like, what the fuck, guys? Like, drink water. Literally, not even just water. Anything that's not alcoholic. Yeah. Something. Like, Marisol's breath could light a fire at this point. Yeah. It's a problem. Um, They go out onto the rooftop uh, where their after party's happening. Lisa's like, I don't like this energy. I'm not in really, like, a party mood. She's telling this to Julia. And Julia goes, look, there are underlying issues. The whole group is feeling like... They've been giving you a lot of empathy for a year, and they think that just because it's a bad day, it's not really an excuse. This is my favorite part of the episode. So they're talking like – Julia's just like, so yeah, they just think that you're selfish, like that you just consume everything, that you don't have any like you know ability to not uh, be a terrible person, that you're the scum of the earth, blah, blah, blah. They're talking about this. Gertie is right next to them. Gertie is so like – like peering and like looking and listening to what they're saying with and like pulling these faces, and Gertie goes like – Nicole, she's like telling her everything. Like right now. <laughs> the look on Nicole's face is like, what the fuck is she doing? It's just wild right there in front of everybody. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Lisa goes, if everyone thinks that I'm grieving too long, no one's forcing you to be there for me. They don't have to be there for me. Yeah, actually they do. They signed these contracts with Bravo that said that they would film with you. Yeah, basically. And so and you're just going to talk in group scenes. Fucking it up. Yeah. Uh, Lisa and they're all going around, but Larsa comes up to Lisa and goes, what did Julia say to you? And Lisa goes, I don't want to be here. I want to go upstairs. And she's like crying. She's like, I don't feel supported. I don't want to be here. (laughs) Yeah. And so they can, then they go back up, back up to Alexia's room to sort of talk about everything. Lisa goes, look, I have to go home and figure out my life. So I don't want to be arguing with anybody right now. Like, (laughs) she really is doing it's not full Tom Sandoval, but it's like a definitely like a lot of like victimhood stuff that she's like inserting there where it's just like, just I mean, feel bad for me. The main difference is that Lisa is in a position not of her making, whereas yes. Tom is in a position that he made. That's fair. But, but she also is made. Here's the thing. She also is kind of making it worse on herself in certain realms. In, yeah. In terms of like Kiki touches on it later, like being so focused on the money. And yeah. like getting the money out of it as as much as possible, which I understand she deserves, but yeah, you know. But I think she's also being pushed to that by lawyers, right? And when you come like with the Sandoval thing too, Ariana's being smart about it. I feel right. like and and being calculated in turn. In, when I say calculated, I mean like smartly. Lisa, I don't think is, and I think right. that's. She's acting. She is acting more emotionally than Ariana is. Right. Nicole brings up that Julia told Lisa that the group felt burdened by her problems. Larsa goes, "I rock with Lisa regardless, but I think when you're wrong, I have to tell you that you shouldn't have said the things you said to Kiki. I couldn't sit back and see you stand over someone like Kiki who doesn't comfort anyone and say shut the fuck up. It's not who you are. Again, like mind blown." <laughs> Like, what? who infiltrated Lars's body? Like, 
Anyways, Lisa goes, I'm supposed to be on trial on Monday. I don't want to feel like I'm on trial now. I like, I rolled my eyes so hard. Also, you're going to court. You're not on trial. Yeah. You're not being convicted of something. Adriana tells them, look, I still cry sometimes over my divorce because you feel like a failure. So I don't understand why you guys think she needs to get over it before it's even over. And fine, but it's not that she needs to be over it. It's the way that she communicates about it. Like, that's a, there's right. a difference. I get that it's all-encompassing for her. It should not be all-encompassing for everyone she runs into. Yeah. Kiki then just goes off and starts, like, crying as she's saying this. She goes, like, my thing is, Lisa, you don't know anything about me. And if you knew my backstory, I've been on my own since 15, been kicked out on the street with a backpack in the rain. You all have this beautiful life, and I worked hard to get here, too. I just want people to listen to me. No one ever cared to even ask me one question. Lisa, I have two kids, no man helping me. But you don't even know my son's name. What is my son's name? I felt this was also like Kiki really feeling just generally underappreciated by the group as well. And like that compounding, which I found very interesting as well. Because I think like, yeah, Kiki is pretty loyal and like is there for everybody and like doesn't expect it. And I don't think they ask about Kiki a lot. They don't. And in fact, they abandon her when she throws a party. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense why she took that to heart, you know. Yeah. She goes, the life that you have, even though you're going through a divorce, I'm sorry you're going through this, but I go through hell too. I don't like dumping my problems on people. Just because I don't talk about my issues, I have issues too. And then she says in her, conf- Kiki says in her, conf- which is like perfectly said by Kiki, but she says in her confessional, I feel like Lisa thinks she's going through the worst thing in life. What you're going through is not life threatening. You're healthy. Your kids are healthy. But the way that you're acting, these things are not important. Money is priority. But girl, money is not everything. Wake up. And I do, I do feel like it's more than just money, right? Because Lenny is a existential threat. Yeah. Like he is someone who could put her in a position that she's never able to take care of her kids, who is actively trying to take away her kids. Right. And like, so there, there is more to it than just money, but that's not everybody else's thing. Yeah. I think it's money in the sense, like the building of the house and like, sort of like, how are you going to support me in terms of, I think, I think Kiki's point is you need to work out a custody agreement in terms of like that sort of stuff. But at that point on, if you have to live with Jody, if you have to sort of like, like you can make it fucking work. Like, it's like, yeah, you know, like you can't, and he has all, and also he has all the strings. Yeah. So getting consumed over that part is not healthy to you. Yeah. Lisa tells her, I feel like anything I say, even my opinion is going to be wrong. So I don't want to say anything right now. I'm really sorry that you're going through that. Like, but again, it's just like shutting down the conversation. Kiki then goes yesterday in the canal with the boat, with all these little homes, it took me back. That's how I was raised. And I didn't say anything until then when you said, well, this is the best tacos these dogs probably have. And then it triggered me because I lived that life. And just because it's a small home or this and that, it doesn't mean these people aren't feeding their dogs. And Lisa goes, that's not what I was saying. And Kiki goes, that's how you made me feel. Right. That's what matters. But then Lisa again goes full Karen and just like doubles and triples down because she can't own anything. She goes, you're twisting my words to make me look like an insensitive entitled asshole. And I don't appreciate it. And Kiki goes, all I'm trying to tell you, Lisa and Lisa goes, no, I'm talking now. 
which she has been doing a lot and really is sort of like childish. It's like, like very like. So two things. I bet that that's how Lenny talks to her. Right. I agree. But also I love how she is. Oh, I had a point. Oh, where did it go? About, um, about like the way that she's characterizing the way that Kiki is Kiki presenting Kiki is present like she even when she's talking about Kiki saying these are how these things made me feel no it's not that's how it made her feel it's you are twisting my words maliciously right there's an intention right Th- this is more like these are more microaggressions <laughs> i know that nobody is saying it on the show but this is anti-black microaggressions. Yeah. This is characterizing a black woman as having absolutely nothing but ill intent. Yeah. Right. And there's no reason for Kiki to have ill intent towards you. None. Like these people again, but it's like, you feel that way because people are raising concerns to you. And it's like, these people are your friends. They're raising concerns to you because they care about you. Not because they have a vendetta against you. Right. She hasn't accused any of her, other white or light skinned brown women yeah. on this cast of assault or of aggression or any of these other things. Yeah. She's only had that energy for Kiki. Yeah. Lisa, but like I said, Lisa goes, no, I'm talking now. The way Kiki points her finger at Lisa and goes, no, you see, you're doing it again. If you want to get to that level, I can get there too. Like Kiki put her fucking foot down and like, like I got stiff. Like I was like, Oh shit. Kiki goes, I'm trying to explain to you what I made, why I made that comment. And Lisa goes, I can't fix your childhood traumas. I'm not a therapist. And Kiki, Kiki goes, excuse me. And it's stunned silence in the room. Everyone is deadly quiet because of what Lisa just said. She goes, I can't fix your problems. Kiki goes, you know what, Lisa? Fuck you. And gets up to walk out. And, but then she comes back and goes, seriously, you can't fix my childhood trauma? After I open up to you, this is what you have to say? You know what? This is why I say you're entitled, you're selfish, and you know what? Maybe that what's happening with you and Lenny is karma. Bitch. And it's like... I don't blame you. Do I think she's wrong in saying that? Uh, in that it's not factually correct? Yes. But I'm sorry. Do you, I think she was in the right to throw that shit in her face? If yeah. you keep flicking my nose, I'm going to bite you at a certain point. I'm sorry. Yeah. I am. Like, you can't. You, no. No. Car, Kiki goes, karma is a bitch. And Gurry's like, no, 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 no. Like, she's like freaking out that she just said that. And she goes, I don't care. Karma is a bitch. And Kiki storms off with Gertie. Yeah. And it's just like, wow. <laughs> so fucking good. Yeah. Like, ooh, Kiki. I love it. Like, yeah. Fantastic stuff for Miami. Just really top-notch stuff. I love this fucking show. All right. Let's get into these tops and bottoms. We got Potomac. We got Vanderpump. We got Beverly Hills. We got Miami. What you thinking, babe? Um, I want to start with my top just to lean off of what I just said. Uh, and I'm going to say Kiki is my top. One yeah. th- I thought she th- this was a star-making performance from her this whole episode. She is fantastic. She took it to Lisa. I was rooting her on the whole time. Like, she was great. And, like, I, even if she doesn't get a full mojito next season, like, I want more from her. I yeah. want more content from her because she is just bringing it. Um, yeah, I, I just, oh, God. 
it was it was so good. I was buzzing after this episode of how good she did. Um, my bottom, completely opposite. I'm going to give it to Giselle over on Potomac. Yep. I got so fucking furious at this woman, and it's like I. It's part of it's like I was like, why am I so invested in how mad I am? But it's like she really is just detestable. I I don't. There's she like I don't understand what has happened in your life to act this awful to people. Well, I think beyond that, there's also the fact that she's taken one of my favorite franchises yeah. and driven it into the ground. It's it's sad. It's yeah. utterly fucking sad. And I don't think she has the ability to even recognize what she's doing. And she has surrounded herself with a bunch of people who won't call her out on it. And it's just like really fucking it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to you. It's embar I sorry, I'm gonna go there. It's embarrassing to your daughters. Yeah. Like just like what is wrong with you? Like it's crazy. Um, what about you, babe? What are your tops and bottoms? Um, so I'm going to start with my bottom and I don't think anyone is surprised that I'll give it to Sandoval. I just, I know we harp on how shitty of a person he is, but I really don't think it could be overstated. Number one. Um, and number two, I just, he is a shitty person. Yeah. And when he's on the episode, it's hard not to go. Yeah. You're like the mayor of Turdsville. And <laughs> I really, Poopole Village. Poopole Village. Poopoo heads from Poopole Village. And it's just, it's exhausting just to watch him spin his webs of bullshit. It, because it makes no sense. Nothing he says makes sense. It's lie after lie after lie. The lies contradict each other. It's just, I'm tired. It's one episode of him, and I'm tired. Yeah. I want nothing to do with this man. Um, complete polar opposite. I want everything to do with Sutton. She is... I, I know we've given her a lot of praise on this podcast, um, but that's because she deserves it. Um, I really think that she, like I said earlier has solidified her place in the Mount Rushmore of Beverly Hills. Yeah. And she she really, I think, with this potential downfall and exit of Kyle that we're kind of seeing, um, I really think she could lead this cast. Yeah. Like, I think if her and Erica and Garcelle can, and Crystal can all get on the same page, which I think they're basically there. Yeah. The four of them can anchor this cast in a way that it hasn't been anchored since season one. I really think so. Um, and it's just, I really hope to see this new Renaissance era without Rena. Um, this Renaissance era of Beverly Hills really come through with, Sutton as the center star. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.